Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown, the combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. It's a musical masterpiece Hear what I'm dealing with And that's cool at least What's running through my mind Comes through and my walk Two feelings are shown From the way that I talk And this is me, y'all I MC, y'all My name is MCA And I still do what I please And I would like to introduce What's up? I pass the mic to D For a fist full of chew The name is D, y'all And y'all don't play And I can rock a block party Till your hair turns gray what you saying? Welcome, welcome, one and all. Our new episode of Silver and Gold is in your ear holes, motherfuckers. I am the loaf, with me the Zom. Hey, 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 hey. Got a little uh, different intro this week. Um, they, uh, I guess I've ate uh, Gentleman's Guide and Outside the Cinema. They've done the same kind of thing. Um, we copy everybody. We copy everybody. That's what we're all about. Um, you know, the... Passing of MCA this week, um, fucking salivary gland cancer. It's ugh. Um, you know, blah blah blah. Anyway, they. Uh, I just wanted to play that at the beginning. Um, grew up with those guys too, just like a lot of us did. So uh, it's uh, pretty sad. You know, he's real big at the you know free Tibet thing, and the you know the, of course their their music for the last thirty years. Is, you know, it's a crappy way to go and. It just sucks. So. Mm. Anyway, uh, this is uh, Silver and Gold, as I said. Uh, episode, ew, what are we on now? 37? Uh, we're the long way down there, yeah. that road. The road. 38. So uh, our double feature this week is our, I guess, elderly relationship something or other double feature. Yeah. <laughs> uh. I ain't good with the words. Um, <laughs> you know what? It ain't surprising that you ain't good with the words, considering that you're born in a backward ass state of confusion. So, yeah, this week uh, we're doing uh, 1992's In the Soup with Steve Buscemi and Seymour Cassell and uh, 1971 hey. Harold Maud uh, with, uh, oh, that you know, that lady, Ruth Gordon and yeah. Bud Court, the boy who doesn't age. Um, uh, he ate well, whatever. Anyway. So uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking of backwards ass, we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> uh, Zama, how have you been this week? Um, it's been uneventful, which is usually the week, and so no surprises. No one has tried to get me to do anything I don't want to do. 
Uh, no one has. I, I realized uh, just oh, was it yesterday, two days ago, that it was it's election time, mm-hmm. and my phone wasn't ringing off the hook. And, uh, well, guess what? The reason was is that um, I have had this answering machine hooked up to my phone. Um, and when I hooked it up, I sort of – there was a uh, – I don't have a phone hooked up to it. Mm-hmm. And there's a cord – there's two cords coming off of it, and I plugged them both into the phone jack. Well, the one cord is supposed to go into the phone. And I think <laughs> it kind of caused like an endless loop. And someone told me, I've been trying to call you. And, you know, and I said, well, I checked my caller ID. I haven't got any calls. And they said, you better check your phone. I picked it up and it was like uh, dead air. So anyway, but it was funny, you know, and I don't, I don't answer anyway. So everybody who knows me knows that I, I don't answer the phone. Nice. So I like seclusion, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, nothing really much going on here, although, um, I want to give uh, congrats to my friends uh, Philip and Kara, who both uh, gradu- are graduating with honors. They uh, they both defended their their um, I guess thesis C's this week, um, and it's been a, a particularly rough one for for Kara um, having to make revisions and shit. And so, uh, good job to both of them. And then uh, we uh, yeah, so election time. <laughs> North Carolina. Ain't no gay gonna hold my body down. North Carolina. You should be ashamed of yourself. I'm glad. And not just for birthing. (laughs) Not just for birthing this monstrosity hosting this show. Jesus Christ. If you'd get some Jesus Christ in you, you would see the uh, why this is an important step. It is the evolution of man. It is, and uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's uh, it's embarrassing. Um, you know, the, the, if anybody doesn't know, North Carolina passed a, uh, a a little piece of shit on the ballot to add marriage to be defined by only one man and one woman to be added to our state constitution. And I don't know. I mean, you know, I, I, I've kind of argued with some people, not over whether it's for or against. I honestly don't have many people that I would even know that would be for it. Um, I've kind of pushed them out of my life because, yeah, fuck those guys. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the, um, but whether or not, like, this is like a the, you know, reason to be like, you know, get the fuck out of this state. You know, people fly off the handle and say, ah, I'm fucking out of here. For me, it's less like that decision. It's more like the writing's on the wall. Um, you know, everybody, some people say, stay and fight, stay and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, you know, 2010, our fucking state legislature goes red for the first time in 100 years. You know, it's we're headed in the wrong direction. Join the club, motherfucker. Um, there's some just ridiculous shit that goes on here as far as that's, that kind of stuff goes. And, yes, our our state did go blue in the presidential election of 2008. There's reasons why these same people that kept it blue in 2008 are the same kind of people that would vote for on this amendment thing. So it, it's it's a mess. And, you know, I, I have a feeling that there will be a lot of lawsuits and stuff that are going to – you know, happen out of this um, because it, this doesn't only affect. This is not a gay 
couple gay getting a couple getting married amendment. I mean, that is the heart of it, and that is why I guarantee most people voted for it. Um, but it affects civil unions, it affects domestic partnerships, it affects couples that have children um, that aren't married, and I have I have lots of friends like that. Um, and I'd be really surprised. And I posted this on my Facebook. I'd be I'd be well, not surprised. I'd be very interested to fi- figure out, you know. When these lawsuits, inevitable lawsuits happen, I'd be interested to figure out uh, how many of them are from people, you know, whose children have lost health care or whatever, who voted for this stupid amendment because they were just uneducated or uninterested. So they vote against their own interests. Yeah. So whatever. Anyway, enough of that. So yeah, Goddamn this week, gays. Uh, what? <laughs> the fucking agenda. Causing all kind of trouble. Trying to stir um, shit up. Trying to just all they're trying to do is stir people up. We believe in Steve and Adam, not Adam and what? Wait, what? Um, so yeah, in the soup, Harold. I want to see Adam and Steve just <laughs> fuck the shit out of each other. If they want to get married, be miserable like the rest of the married miserable fucks out there. That's their right. It is. You know what? Let me tell you something, people. This world is going to shit. But there, I truly believe <laughs> that one man can make a difference, and I am that man. <laughs> yeah, I'm or just gonna. I'm just moving. I'm just moving. <laughs> I'm not a man anymore. <laughs> I'm moving to a fucking fucking blue state. I'm done. You're not moving anywhere. <laughs> you might as well just fucking <laughs> you're gonna stand there, and you're gonna fight. Because let me tell you something. I give up. <laughs> no, no, you will not. I live in this fucking place, and God damn it, if these gays can't marry in West Virginia, I will stay and fight for the gays to marry whoever they want to marry. And if it was, if you don't stand your ground, that's just what they want. They want you to move. <laughs> you need to fucking plant your two feet take out your penis and say i'm mad as hell and i'm not going to take this anymore and my dick had shit on it if you want to (laughs) know if you wanted to know well you know what let me tell you something here's the deal okay um now we know that we're trying to uh you know like progress as human beings which i think may be uh against human nature which if it is then you know we're fucked but uh it's not Okay, North Carolina right now, after this has happened, um, it's not much different than what it was before. It I mean, you we already ne- had a law. Right, that's what but I'm saying. Now it's in the They're, Constitution. They, so. they passed the law, and you have a goddamn Supreme Court right now of this great land that is, uh, you know, pretty much um, a bunch, or uh, at least, uh, you know, the majority are fucktards. Uh, so don't count on anything changing soon. But let me tell you something, people. If the brother loses the fucking election, we're fucked. <laughs> Just count on it. We're fucked. So you better fucking think about it long and hard. Oh, Canada. <laughs> oh, God. oh, wait. Oh, um, Switzerland. What? Anyway, let's get, off yeah. this. let's get off the stump. Let's do it. And let's talk about what we've been watching this week. Okay. Let me see some people. I watched some stuff. Watched some stuff I didn't finish, but I'm going to mention them anyway. <laughs> okay, the first thing that I watched 
Okay, let me tell you something. I watched a movie. I watched a movie. And it was called The Avengers. <laughs> and I watched The Avengers in three duh. And uh okay, I'm gonna comment on this just just a little bit. Okay. okay. Um three D <laughs> gave me a headache. <laughs> Not a bad headache, but it wasn't. I, 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 I would rather watch it just regular. Yeah. It, it, it's not that big of a deal. Um, I believe that someone in the theater actually had a seizure. So, Yikes. You know, uh, that, that was scary. At first, nobody knew what was going on, and people were kind of laughing because a guy just kind of wailed you know, out loud for no reason. And you know, we were all sitting back a lot further from him. We didn't know what was going on. And then, of course, there was some uh, disturbance, and uh, apparently they had to call an ambulance and stuff. But anyway, that might have just been Loki uh, <laughs> causing his mischief. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Now, the Avengers. Um, I thought it was good. I don't think it was the greatest goddamn movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, lots of action. It's a long movie. It's lots of action. Um, uh, it's it's pretty good. Ruffalo was good. Downey Jr., I mean, it's like, okay, um, I think they're just telling him, just go in there and be Robert Downey Jr. Right. And so I think it's getting to be a little much. It's like, okay, dude, you know, everything doesn't have to be a fucking quip and a joke. Um, Captain America was great. Hulk was great. Thor's pretty good. They had a reveal at the end uh, in the credits. Two things at the end. So watch the first one after, you know, the, you watch the movie until all the credits are completely done. Okay. Because there are two extras. Um, because a whole shitload. I'd say about ninety six to ninety seven percent of our crowd left uh, after the movie was over. So, but they might not give a shit. Tell you the truth, I went to the midnight showing. Yeah, um, it was all right. Um, pretty good movie. Uh, you know, it's not like goddamn. Um, I don't know. It was pretty good. I'm not. I'm not talking it down because I liked it. Um. But it's just it's just action, 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 and uh, you know Jeremy Renner is too small at, to be a superhero. He is smaller than Scarlett Johansson, and uh, whatever <laughs> he is, and she's not that great of an actress. She has a fine body on her, and she's good in the action parts, but she is not that good of an actor. They could have done better than her. Okay, next thing I watched was another uh, Marvel. Um, animated deal Netflix has to watch called Planet Hulk Hulk and um, I never was a huge fan of the Planet Hulk um, the comic uh, storyline mm-hmm. um, you I'm, know I'm I like the with that one. well like uh, the Illuminati or whatever which was um, Doctor Strange Reed Richards Tony Stark whole bunch of the smarty smart people uh, decided you know since they're so smart that they um, know what's best for the planet, and they were going to pull strings behind the scenes. So they put the Hulk on a uh, or a banner, the Hulk, whatever, on a spaceship, and sent him to some planet in another galaxy because he was bad for the planet, for Earth. Okay. They said it was uninhabited, just had uh, animals and plants, and he could go there and live in peace. Well, it uh, had been inhabited, and uh, it was like a slave uh, kind of a thing, like Spartacus kind of a deal, where they had gladiators and shit like that. So it pissed him off. 
Yeah, see. Uh, next thing I watched uh, was Hulk versus Wolverine versus Thor animated deal. As you can see, the Avengers got me a little bit fired up. <laughs> fire up, Tommy, fire up. Hey, that's what they used to chant in the TBS studios to Tommy Wildfire Rich <laughs> on uh, 605. The, the audience of like 53 people. Yes. And it'd be like 53 <laughs> little you know, uh, kids there. They'd be like, fire up, Tommy, fire up. Hey. Anyway, hey, let me tell you something. I went to Pittsburgh to see Raw is – or Raw – and there was probably 12,000 people there, and they didn't make as much noise as those 50 little kids. I loved, uh, I loved uh, Bob, beautiful Bobby Eaton doing the, uh, the rocket launcher up into the lights Yeah, <laughs> so TBS studio. Light would be hitting his head. Okay. <laughs> Let's not get off on this wrestling talk. Wrestling. Went off on the gay. Uh, <laughs> Gays shouldn't be able to marry, and neither should wrestlers. Uh, next thing I watched was – Because they're gay. <laughs> well, what? What? Get a pressure and Gay wrestlers are the worst. Und wurt ihr ewig leben. 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 It's German, so it's probably just leben because the, the language is kind of like. Und wurt ihr leben. And what this is is a uh, movie that was made in like 1958. See? And it's a German movie. It's made from the German perspective of World War II. Uh, they are in Stalingrad, and it sucks. I like cold. those, okay? It's cold and shit, and the fucking Russians are coming. And they're going to fucking <laughs> whoop, 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 whoop their ass while Hitler is sitting there saying, No, 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 you must not retreat. You must keep bring forward. <laughs> okay, now the, the, uh, there was, there's a snafu that I would like to speak on. Okay. Let me speak on this. Bubba. Um, here's what happened. I found that I that the iPad uh, sometimes when you say select a file to put on your iPad with your Ace Player that um, okay, Z, if you're downloading a a file from say Orens Tay, right, right. Uh, mm-hmm. if you don't get the whole thing, then you it won't play. It right. just doesn't work. Well, once you have that file, if you are putting it on your iPad uh, to play on Ace Player, you can get some of the file and not all of it, and it'll play. <laughs> if you don't have, again, guess what happens? Oh, it's, you got cut off. It goes right back to the beginning, and then you. It t- I'm sitting there like, what the fuck is going on? Same thing happened with Harold and Maude. I was an hour into both of these movies, this uh, German movie and Harold and Maude, and all of a sudden, it just went to the beginning. So I took my little finger and put it on my iPad, and I drug it all the way over to like 60 minutes. And when I took my finger away, it went back to the beginning. So if it's not a complete file, you can't drag it and put it where you want either. So I had finished Harold and Maude approximately eh, – it's been about 40-some uh, minutes ago. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I had to come home and watch that. So anyway, this movie, the, the German movie is pretty good. Never heard of it before. Um, uh, it's kind of like a uh, cross of iron sort of a deal because okay. it, it is from the German perspective. And it's kind of weird because all the all the years that all we got was uh, movies from the Allied perspective and, you know, which was they portrayed all the Germans as, um, you know, mindless uh, killing psychos or whatever. Anyway. Okay, next thing I watched was on the Netflix Instant Watch, and it stars Michael Rooker. 
Uh, <laughs> well, and uh, <laughs> it's called Mississippi Burning. Alan Parker, and uh, actually it stars Gene Hackman and uh, Willem Dafoe. But um, Michael Rooker is in it, and he plays a KKK guy. And, uh, man, that dude can play KKK. <laughs> and it also has um, – it's, it's got a pretty nice cast. Uh, I've seen it before, of course. It's, it's, I, don't, I don't know if I'd say it's a classic, but it's, you know – I think I saw that in the theater. Yeah, it's a, it, it was it was seen a lot. Uh, I like it. It was pretty good. I uh, watched that also this morning. And before I went to Vic last night, I started to watch it. Uh, next thing I watched <coughs> was a little movie with uh, a guy named Kwai Shang Kane, a.k.a. David Carradine and Brenda Vaccaro. And uh, it was called Fast Charlie, the Moonbeam Rider. Okay, now this has kung fu in it, but he is not kung fu. Uh, it's a um, um, eh, pretty good little movie. It's uh, produced by Roger Corman. Um, check it out if you get a chance, because you know it's a nice little um, nice little movie. Not nothing great, but it's uh, Carradine is not a great actor, but he's got some charisma and he picks some he picks some shit. But he early on when he was younger, he was in some pretty interesting projects. Uh, the next movie I watched was an iTunes purchase. I rented it off iTunes, and it's called The Billionaire. It's a documentary. Um, okay, here's the deal, people. <clears throat> this guy, see, he was a billionaire, right? And he's a little weird, a little strange, a little bit of a nerd. Um, he created that uh, the delivery service, is it uh, DHL? They had like yellow vans and airplanes with red lettering. And uh, this was before um, uh, a lot of, you know, the internet and shit like that. So if you wanted a package, uh, I wanted here overnight. Uh, you know, he started out as a courier. He would just, uh, when he was in college, uh, he would just, um, to make money, he would fly. Um, just go to these companies and say, okay, you need this here. And they just needed somebody to carry something on an airplane so it would be a contract or something. Right. And he would just do that every day of the week. He would fly from, say, where uh, California to wherever and come right back. I mean it wasn't like he got to stay at the, at the place and see anything. He'd just come right back. Uh, he'd do that like five times a week uh, to make money. So he created uh, DHL. and uh, But he was living in um, – Oh shit! It was one of those uh, like islands over in the Philippines, um, the Micronesia Islands. I can't remember which one it was, but um, he disappeared because he liked to fly shitty little planes, and um, he crashed his plane and he disappeared. And uh, so there was a big um, deal about he didn't have a, a will. Well, then it came out that uh, it's just, you know, whatever. Watch the goddamn thing. I'm not going to tell you about it. <laughs> Lazy motherfuckers, go get married and be gay. Um, the next thing I watched was um, a – oh, this was a, this was a good one. And we may have to cover this one on the show because it's a it's – a, uh, uh, it's good. <laughs> it's called The Hostage from mm-hmm. 1998. And this stars a legend um, known as uh, Ted Pryor. Yes. I watched another. I watched a Ted Pryor this week too. Well, not only does this star Ted Pryor, but it also stars Dana Plato from Facts of Life <laughs> and the one and only action attraction goddess Cynthia Rothrock. Nice. So it had some star power behind it. <laughs> um, it is 
I admire the fact that they have the balls to make these movies. Uh, everyone in the movie pretty much uh, looks like they just got like a whole – like if we were at Horror Hound and said, let's make a movie. Mm-hmm. And we said, okay, now we're going to have uh, – you know, it just – I mean the people – for the, a lot of them couldn't act, and a lot of them were miscast, and the camera work is really bad mm-hmm. and shit. But it's entertaining as hell because it is bad. It's good, but it's bad. Um, next thing I watched was a low-budget movie called Black Hawk Down, directed by a small-timer named Ridley Scott. Uh, <laughs> this fucking had a cast of thousands, it seemed like. Every time you turn around in this movie, there's somebody there and you're like, fuck, there's so-and-so. You know, there's Ewan McGregor. There's fucking Eric Bana. There's, you know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Ted Pryor. Richard Tyson. <laughs> Buddy Ravel is in it. And, uh, you know, he, it, it, whatever. I was going to make a three o'clock high reference. But uh, let's just move on. Uh, that's, that's just an action-packed fucking shoot, 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 action, action, action. Uh, kind of shows you what the uh, war kind of deal was all about. Boot. And makes me never want to go. <laughs> I'm a draft dodger. <laughs> we don't even have a draft. And I'd dodge it anyway. Uh, <laughs> next thing I watched, uh, and I don't know why. I get you know this is one of those deals, and everybody knows that I don't like Hara that much. Uh, but because of the internet buzz over a period of time, I decided to watch Stakeland, um, and it was pretty good. Yeah, I like that I, one. Now, this is kind of a the kind of horror movie that I kind of like mm-hmm. because it's more just like an action movie. Uh, it did make me jump several times. It had some jump stuff, jump mm-hmm. scares, uh, but it's um, you know. And, and I mean, I know that you know they were talking about vamps and vampires and stuff, but it seemed to me like it was more it was almost more like a zombie movie, you know, um, but I liked it. It's pretty good I mean it wasn't the greatest goddamn thing in the world, but I liked it. Next thing I watched was uh I purchased this uh I was at uh Walmart, and I thought, you know what, you know what Zom? you know you bought that blu ray player, <laughs> and you fucking just you, you know Jesus Christ, why don't you get some blu rays and fucking watch some of them good okay. Some of them aren't that expensive. So I got the, bought the Expendables uh, uh, Extended Director's Cut Blu-ray. Okay. And I, I didn't realize that it was the Extended Director's Cut. I just saw Expendables. And I thought, ah, let's get this on Blu-ray. And then uh, Justin Oberholzer, the cinemasticist, tried to talk me into taking it back because he said that uh, the Blu-ray of the Expendables is kind of sucky or whatever. But this isn't. He's a liar. Uh, this is pretty good. Uh, now, <laughs> the stuff that they add to it uh, is mostly just witty banter shit. Um, Stallone. Okay, it really does look good. You know, I I often say, eh, you know, not the big deal of a Blu-ray, blah 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 blah. But uh, I haven't watched any Blu-rays lately, and uh, as soon as I put this one in, the graphics came up and shit. I was like, man, this does look a lot fucking better. It's, it does look really good. Um, one thing I noticed about this is um, Stallone has taken so many steroids. I know he has a you know slight paralysis of his you know face or his lip. Or whatever from when he was born. He's talked about that before. That's why his lip kind of goes to the one side on the bottom. But he is taking so much juice or whatever the fuck he's taking, human growth hormone or whatever, his face is starting to look strange. Like he's got big muscles in his face. And when he talks, it's like he's getting – now, goddamn, it almost sounds like a boxer that has brain damage sometimes. He's getting his voice is getting real deep, and but it's like he's like 
Rocky in the first movie when he was dumb, he sounds almost as bad or if not worse than that. <laughs> but he's not playing that part. Um, when I saw the trailer, when I went to the Avengers, I saw the trailer for the next Expendables. And man, his voice sounds fucking – okay, like, like Lurk or something. Um, which that trailer looks good. JCVD is going to be in, in that. And, um, yeah, I'm going to go see Expendables Part 2. Had you not seen Expendables? Yeah, I saw in the theater. Okay, okay. You got to listen to Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. I called in feedback from that thing from the uh, movie theater after I saw it. See? Mm. Uh, I used to do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of it. I'm wired today, baby. Uh, Planet of the Vampires, Barry Sullivan, uh, my old bava. Uh, I watched this again. I love it. I uh, could watch it a bunch. We need a Blu-ray of this. If you're listening out there, you people, if Make you have any control, let the gays get married and put Planet of the Vampires on blue. It's a good movie. Um, one that I would like to do on our show with Forbidden Planet. To uh, to I don't know what you would call those uh, that combination, but whatever. Who gets shot? Fearless Fuzz uh, <laughs> is a uh, Italian movie. Polizia. Uh, see, I've, well, I I do listen to Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema, and so now I know all these terms like giallo and polizia and stuff like that. Uh, this was um, a movie uh, with uh, Maurizio Merli. Early, yes, and Joan Collins. And um, if you watched Dynasty and you ever wanted, you ever thought, like, you know, I wonder what Joan Collins looks like naked. Watch this movie, but this movie's good. It is funny. It's it's funny. It's supposed to be funny in parts. Um, it's funny in like ways where maybe it's not supposed to be funny. But it's also got some tongue-in-cheek and look-at-the-camera things that are funny, too. Uh, and it also stars um, – and I can't remember the guy's name. I should know this. But the guy who played uh, Ugo in Milano uh, Calibro 9, he is a big – he's like a, one of the main guys, too. And he's not like Ugo. He's uh, totally – I mean – he has a goatee, so he kind of looks – he definitely looks different, but he – That guy makes me think of uh, – at least in uh, in Milano Calibre 9, it makes me think of Statham. You know who he makes me think of? The fucking thi- – I'm not taking this line from goddamn Reservoir Dogs because I just realized I was going to say this. He reminds me of the fucking thing from the Fantastic Four <laughs> in that movie. Now, in this one, he's funny. So, I mean, he's he's got some range. He's no Wahlberg. Um Next thing I watched was a documentary called The Panama Deception uh, by Barbara Trent and David Casper. Now, this is a very fucking awesome documentary. I think it won an Oscar. And um, if you want to see how fucked up um, some of the shit that the United States does, watch this goddamn movie. Oh, yeah. It's very good. Um, Next thing I watched was another documentary, which was a recommend from The Samurai uh, from that show that I've already mentioned, gave like fucking 50 plugs to already in this little segment. Um, it's called American, the Bill Hicks story. Uh, it was good. Didn't know anything about a boot him. Um, and it was, you know, it's a good movie. Uh, who'd have known that drugs and alcohol are bad for you? Uh, let's see. Which, I love when people are like, you know, 
we we took these mushrooms and you know it wasn't just like we were getting high this time though it was there i mean i really experienced something it was really like it was so vivid i mean it wasn't just because we were high i think we went to another plane it's like no motherfucker you were high jesus christ okay you know yeah, let, me, you're, let me tell you're, you about my two three-hour naps this past sunday <laughs> Let me tell you. About, <laughs> let me tell you about something. Uh, I was actually literally late for work because I was having a dream and I was fucking this girl, and this girl was hot. And I was. We were going to town, and that's all I want to say about that. I, I didn't. Not, I wasn't late for work specifically because I'm like, man, I'm having this dream. I don't want to go to work. I woke up when my alarm clock went off, and I was like, and I was in a grog. And instead of hitting snooze or whatever, I just turned the alarm off. Well, I fell back asleep. Uh, and in the period of 20 minutes that I usually get ready for work, I was sleeping, but I was fucking. And it was awesome. It was worth it. Goober. Goober. Oh, okay. Goober died. <laughs> That's a note I have here. Uh, George Lindsay, Goober, died. Uh, I don't know what that has to do with anything, but um, you know, I watched Andy Griffith and Hee Haw and shit for a long time, and it's kind of sad. Uh, we, we were talking about the Beastie Boys and shit. Well, yeah. He was my Beastie Boys guy. We uh, <laughs> Goober. Let me tell you something, Goober. He could have been a Beastie Boy. Uh, I like his little hat. Satash. Huh? I like his little hat. Yeah, he had a little hat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Eighty-three years. You know, that's that's a long time to live. Uh, and he supported gay marriage too. I don't know if he did or not, but it'd be cool if he did. Um, watched. Uh, I just do some of this shit in. It's just little notes here. But I, I, I uh, got on a Howard Stern kick, and which led me to have a dream that you and I uh, uh, got uh, some kind of a deal where we were going to go on Sirius Radio, and they offered us this big contract to do <laughs> show, and we 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 fucking edge, we were like you know. Uh, because, you know, Stern has Robin and not Jackie, but Fred and all these guys. And we're like, well, you know, we're, we're bringing along our crew and all this shit. I'm not going to say who got brought along, who got left behind. Um, <laughs> so the stuff I was I was listening to was him uh, ranting on different shows and shit about uh, Jay Leno when Jay Leno fucked over Conan O'Brien yeah. and the Joe Paterno uh, boy fucking scandal, which makes me want to bam it. Yeah. Uh, Wait a minute, what's that? Oh, okay. Uh, we'll get back to the movies. I watched a um, <laughs> documentary called Word War. Uh, this was – it's really good. It's on Netflix Instant Watch, and it's one of these ones that's about a culture that you know you, you most of us probably don't know about. Mm-hmm. But it's done in an interesting way, and the people are uh, characters in themselves, and it's fun to watch. Uh, it's a um, – they. Uh, it's all about Scrabble. Uh, and uh, people that just play it like in the park in New York and stuff like that. But also uh, they have these big like Scrabble tournaments and there's some really interesting characters. And uh, it's, it, in some ways it kind of reminded me of almost like horror hound and how we all have bonded over movies because, you know, it's, it's just a, you look at some of the people and, and you might think, God, you know, some of these people are, are, you know, these, uh, big nerds, and I'm talking about Word War, not Whorehound, because none of us are nerds. <laughs> it's it's really cool when when a whole bunch of people from all over everywhere can you know kind of have a bond over a subject yeah. and get together. I mean, that's what this is like. It's like I said. I mean, these people are from all over the country, and and they've gotten to know each other uh, because they go to these tournaments, and the, you know they might not see each other for for. A year or six months, but when they get together, they're you know friends, and some of them aren't friends. Some of them are 
uh, enemies, and uh, it's pretty cool. I liked it. Uh, Chicken Oot, Word War. Uh, next thing I watched was a uh, Sharon Stone. William Baldwin joint venture called Sliver. Uh, this was uh, the one that was – it was after um, Basic Instinct and um, <laughs> it uh, – I thought – I you know, at the time, Sharon Stone was pretty hot. and But this one always came to mind because you saw William Baldwin naked and saw his ass more and you saw Sharon Stone. It also has Tom Berenger. Uh, not much to say there. It's a, uh, it's kind of a De Palma deal where I mean it's just all about voyeurism. Uh, next thing I watched was uh, Pretty in Pink. It's uh, by that uh, Jean Jean Melville Hughes, John Hughes. Uh, it's got Ducky. It's got uh, what's her face and uh, Spader and uh, that other whiny ass bitch guy uh andrew mccarthy boy i just always hated him i hated him in every movie he was in he was such a he was a whiny bitch in saint elmo's fire he's just a whiny fucking cunt uh and uh, you know what molly ringwald hey man you know how i feel about redheads i yeah i i'd have got down on that stup, stup, stup. yeah of course she wouldn't have wanted me she would have wanted one of those jerk off guys that i went to high school with it was just like andrew mccarthy and fucking James, man. <laughs> oh, i'd have punished that bitch but you know what? I'll tell you something about her. Tell you something about, uh, what was her name in the movie? I can't uh, remember. I don't remember. Uh, whatever. Uh, she may not have fucked me then, but she would have showed up on my porch fucking 25 years later and weighed 185 pounds. <laughs> it happened. Okay. And the last things I, I want to talk about are um, uh, if you go to Dairy Queen, if you have a Dairy Queen in your area, uh, get a peanut butter frozen hot chocolate. This thing will make your dick stiff and your belly hurt, but it's fucking awesome. And if you don't have a dick, it'll give you a titty hard on. Uh, <laughs> it'll give you a big full clitoris. Yes, engorged. It's right uh, across the street. I have one right across the street from the theater. I think I might stop by on my way to work. My girl at work said that her husband got the caramel one, but I can I can vouch for the peanut butter one. I'm telling you what, people. I, you know, when they say if, when you smoke crack or if you smoke meth, sometimes like the first time you smoke it, you're you're addicted. That's the way this is, and I'm fighting fucking temptation every goddamn day. Another one. It was that good. I've only gotten one, but goddamn, you're oh. leaving the middle of the show to go get one. I'll be back in thirty minutes. But it did make my stomach. But you know, I ate it with a big taco salad, so I didn't eat it. I drank it. Uh, Flyer stock. Okay. Oh, Flyers. Uh, they won the first game against uh, the Devils, which I was like, God damn, man, this might be our year. Oh, my God. Then they lost fucking four <laughs> straight and couldn't do shit. Uh, uh, getting a goddamn goalie and having some defense, motherfucker. Okay, so we're going to put that to bed. Now I can start watching some baseball. Yeah, uh, the Red Sox lost a series to the Royals. So. <laughs> 17 innings, daddy-o. Okay, and, uh, you know, talk about it. That's all I have going on there. Yeah. Really? Okay. Um, uh, get a big week. Um, let's see. Got a big I, dick. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> I just had a big week. No big dick. Um, I, <laughs> I'm a big I, dick. Uh, I had, well, it was, it was, what it was uh, framing out to be a big week. And then, like I said, I took some uh, very long naps on Sunday for one reason or another. Um, I watched this movie starting a Sunday called Persona. Directed what? by a little guy named Ingmar Bergen. Um, oh, this is on instant. Uh, yeah, it's on instant, and it was beautiful, but I did not understand half of it. Um, yeah, that's it's, Bergen. It's a um, 
an actress who decides in the middle of a show to stop speaking entirely, and she's put in a kind of a, I don't know, very low-key mental facility, like a kind of like a escape, go to the hospital and get pampered for a little while. And um, they're like, they think it would be better if she goes and stays in this little remote house with her nurse. So the nurse becomes like kind of obsessed and they kind of start turning into the same person. And it's a little confusing at times, but very beautiful to look at. So um, I watched, this is one of my Sunday sleepy time movies. I watched the rundown and (laughs) Uh, I had this on DVD and it it rules. This is is the that rock. the Rock? Yeah, the Rock and yeah. uh, and Sean William Scott and no, it's Stifler. Rosario Dawson. Um, I like that one. That was pretty good. It's I liked it a lot. I saw it in the theater, and so this is the first time I've seen it since the theater, and it it it's it holds up. Good shit. Yeah. Um, I watched uh, one that has not held up, which I don't know. Maybe it has, but maybe it will always stank. Uh, Missionary Man, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren. This was pretty boring. Um, this started one of my naps. (laughs) Um, yeah, it's kind of like a pale rider kind of story. Um, oh my God. I think his name's actually Ryder in the movie. It's not a a Western, is it? No, it's kind of, it's a modern day thing. They're they're on motorcycles and he comes into a town kind of cleaning up the town and see a Christian. He yeah, he carries a Bible and it was boring. I have that on DVD too. Beats gay people. Yeah. What? Be, he be, he drives around making sure that gay people don't get married. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Don't you dare hold hands, motherfucker!" Hey, you fucking don't gay, you get married, I fucking kill you, bitch. I'll smack uh, your gay dick with this Bible. <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ooh, that, uh, so, yeah. I was like, wow. Skip that yeah. one. Not very good. Um, I watched, uh, <laughs> I think uh, Jeff posted this on our on our group, uh, The Taint. Um, this is a, <laughs> this is a weird fucking movie. It's on Vimeo, maybe only for this week, and it's a very, very, very low budget, very like shot on video, kind of like a I don't know. I guess it's a movie. It's only like an hour and seven minutes long, um, and it's more like one of those things you'd see like at a local film festival. And hyper gory. It's kind of a story about a. Um, a drug that is being made to give guys like super boners and it's released into the, um, the, the, the water supply and all, <laughs> all the guys like they turn into like basically zombies. So they walk around and they, they they rape women and then they smash their head with a rock. And so it's like fun, kind of funny. All these guys walking around with these huge boners that just like spit blood and semen constantly. And they have, they just walk around with rocks over their heads um, it makes a statement about misogyny and all this stuff. They and walk like the, around with rocks over their heads. Yeah, they hold like they just walk oh, around they with just their hands up in the air like a giant rock, just walking around. Like Ready to smash. And uh, there's a lot of dick explosions in it, and it's it, it kind of wears its welcome, but it's kind of a it's it's a it's a cool experiment, I guess. And that's really what it is. I mean, it's not something you'd ever see like majorly released. I think there's a DVD of it and stuff, but if it's still on Vimeo. Uh, go over there and see if you can find it because it was it was uh, available to watch on there for a little while. Okay. Uh, lots of like like I said, lots of dick explosions in it, and the the the, the gore is pretty. It's over the top gore, so it's kind of funny. So, um, and then I watched another experimental gory film called The Magnificent Seven. Um, <laughs> uh, this was this was uh, actually one I've had on DVD for quite a while, and I've never seen it. Um, yeah. I've seen uh, the uh, Seven Samurai, but never this one. So. Mm-hmm. And 
I didn't realize who I you know obviously didn't know who was going to die and who wouldn't, and it was good. Um, I'd watch this one again. I was afraid it was going to be like three hours long. I never really paid attention to the runtime, so mm-hmm. it was nice having it be a little less than two. So, uh, which who's your favorite guy? In uh, Magnus Seven, I it, in Magnus, I, I like Bronson's character. Uh, yeah, yeah. I like how he, he always would. Little... As soon as the shit would go down, I liked how he'd always run up onto the roof. Yeah, uh, and pose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but fucking, well, I don't know the guy's name. Who was the one that played like that? Like he was like half Mexican, and he was a fucking whiny bastard. Horst Burholtz. God, that guy. He's actually a German Mexican. Okay. Well, not. I don't think he's a Mexican, but I'm just well, saying. In the movie, I think he was playing half Mexican. Mexican. Yeah. He was. He was that, a white bitch. That character was annoying. So, um, I watched. What a uh, bite. I watched. This is my Ted Pryor movie for the week. Cool. Uh, Ted Pryor and Robert Zadar Ooh. and William Smith. Um, this is the final sanction. Um, as soon as I watched this that I may, may or may not have obtained illegally. You hit yourself in the dick with a Bible. I, I smacked my penis with a Bible and went on Amazon and bought the VHS. Uh, right. This is a um, – I don't know what – the final sanction. I, compa- I don't know what to compare this to, but basically it's a war breaks out between U.S. and Russia. And for whatever reason, the, the two countries decide that to settle the differences instead of starting an actual war. And this is already – nuclear missiles have already been launched. Okay. Um, instead of starting an actual war now, they're going to just have two super soldiers meet in this like <laughs> in this like conflict zone, and mm. whichever one wins, the that country wins the war. <laughs> nice. So Zadar is like the uh, he's he's the Russian super soldier, and um, and then uh, and Ted Pryor is kind of like the roguish. Uh, he's been in a military prison, and he's he's up for the U.S. And he's um, such a rogue. <laughs> This is pretty cool. It's uh, it's kind of silly, but and I, I always thought that Zadar's chin would be fucking like hard, like like a bony. Right. But huh? There's a scene in it where they're training him, and they do a training montage, kind of like in um, in Rocky, in Rocky huh? Four, when Dolph's getting trained, you know, with the the red lights and like the high tech yeah. shit. So they have them all like strapped up, and they're doing like brain training and stuff. And he's kind of like shaking around, like convulsing, and his chin uh-huh. fucking just jiggles everywhere. It's it's, it's like, like a fat tit, it's fleshy. It's gross. It's a chin tit. <laughs> it is. I um, thought it would be like a big bone too. Like if you found his skull, it would just have this massive jawbone. Yeah, it's fucking. It's it's fleshy. It's weird. This is it's good though. This movie is fucking ridiculous. Maybe we should review that with the other one. So good. Uh, could Ted Pryor double feature. I don't know if he. <laughs> yeah. Magnificent bastard, but man, woo. Um, mediocre bastard. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's not mediocre. And speaking, oh, of, speaking of magnificent bastards, I watched uh, Stacy Keach, David Hemmings' film, the, the Squeeze from 1977. Uh, this is uh, Stacy Keach plays a really gross alcoholic former Scotland Yard, and he's cr- trying to uh, solve like a kidnapping uh, hostage situation. Uh, this is good. Um, I don't know if it's ever been on DVD or anything. Um, uh-huh. I, I think what I had was like ripped off TV at some point or something, but. Um, Stacy Keach is a mess at times in the movie, and he does a pretty good British accent. I was, I was, I was impressed yeah. with that. So, um, this is good stuff. Uh, I love Keach, so we're gonna, like I said, Dazan, we're gonna have to cover some uh, some Keach. It's definitely Keech. a magnificent bastard. So good, uh, good stuff there. Two Keach mm-hmm. films, two weeks in a row. I did the uh, the other one, The Street People, last week with Lodge Mall. Um, uh, was that? Well, 
was that uh, your um, Asian accent? Lajo, what was that from? Uh, I thought you said Lajomo. Lajomo. It was from. Uh, it was from Lost in Translation when. Uh, when Bill. Oh uh, yes, the, yes, yes, said, yes, 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 yes. Lajomo. I yeah. almost watched that the other day. That's good shit. Uh, I watched. Uh, uh, drum from 1976 uh, mm. with Warren Oates and Ken Norton and Pam Greer and Yafet Koto. This is, <laughs> this is I guess is I guess a sequel to Mandingo, um, one of those kind of slave sexploitation movies. There's lots of boobies in this one. Uh, Warren Oates is pretty fucking cool. <laughs> He's ridiculous. Um, Ken Norton's boobies look good. That guy's fucking... He was a specimen, man. Yes, he was. <laughs> good Lord. Um, not a very good actor, but for some, somehow they make him like the smartest uh, uh, slave in the movie. <laughs> um, I liked Yafet Koto a lot. I guess I, guess I take that back because Yafet Koto was actually better spoken. Um, but uh, Warren Oates kept kept getting over getting on uh drum for speaking too well he's like i want you to speak like the other uh slaves yeah we'll he's like she <laughs> uh this is pretty good it's on netflix instant it's kind of silly um uh speaking of silly i watched the rollerblade seven Ooh! wow what the fuck is this movie so i never knew about zen filmmaking <laughs> donald g jackson who did like Hell Comes to Frogtown, I think, and some stuff. Um, him and Scott Shaw kind of invented this Zen filmmaking is what they call it. And I posted a link on our Facebook group about it where Scott Shaw talks about it on his website. Basically a style of filmmaking where there's, they work without a script. Um, this fucking movie it makes no fucking sense at all. Now, this movie has Scott Shaw, Frank Stallone, Karen Black, Ooh. Don Stroud, William Smith, Joe Estevez, Ron Vashir. Like, it's full of people, but nobody, Jesus. like, stands out at all. It's the weirdest... I, I, it makes no sense. Like, it's just we, these weird, like... They'll have fight sequences. And the way Donald Jackson shoots... And I don't know if this, he does this all the time. But on one thing he'll just he'll cut and show the same scene like five times in a row and i'm and i don't mean from different angles he'll show like the same shot and then like slightly backed up and the same shot again weird weird stuff and then another where they'll be fighting but it's more like a dance and like you hardly see each other like there's no like scott shaw will be swinging a samurai sword but it's like really slow and uh, it's it's bizarre um i'll have to see his other rollerblade movies so <laughs> Uh, this might be my first Scott Shaw movie, and it's a fucking mess. Um, yeah, weird stuff. And I don't know why William Smith had to be in this movie. This is from 1981. Yes. It's got a whopping 2.1 on IMDb. So. That's all right. Um, and let's see. Then I finished off another Zadar movie. This is called The Big Sweat. Um, <laughs> I, posted, I posted an awesome, <laughs> awesome photo on our Facebook group. Which I'm surprised nobody commented on, but the, uh, Robert Zazar walks out at one point. He's got this fucking like linen shirt unbuttoned to his uh, below his chest and tucked into these jeans that are so fucking they have to be above his belly button. And he's got the biggest camel toe. He's chewing. He's chewing on this on this cigar. Oh man, it's ridiculous. But this movie. It's like 35 minutes of Zadar talking, and he's actually not too bad in it. Mm-hmm. And then the fucking the other half of the movie is the entire car chase from the second half of Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> they just show the yes, use so, that. They use that, and then they like go into the car, and they have like Zadar talking on a walkie-talkie. <laughs> well, it's really weird because the movie takes place in 1991. 
but every That's car is from 1973. <laughs> and I don't know, man. It's really I, I don't know how they got the rights to that. But <laughs> so well, they, I mean, I'm watching the beginning of the movie. I was like, this looks familiar. Like, there's the if you haven't seen Gone in 60 Seconds, there's a scene with the it's a Mustang chase. Basically, 45 minutes of Gone in 60 Seconds is this fucking huge car chase, and there's a Mustang that's the element of the chase. Well, the movie starts with the Mustang like jumping over the big pile of cars from Gone in 60 Seconds. Like that looks fucking familiar. Then it shows all these police cars wrecking and stuff. It's like, what the hell is this from? I was like, this movie might rule. And then I was like, wait, this looks familiar. So I had to look it up. Yeah, Gone in 60 Seconds. Pretty much the whole car chase is in the big sweat. Um, You know, not a very good movie. But, but, you know, it's Zadar and he's pretty good. And he chews on a cigar the whole movie. So Zadar, Zadar cigar. Um, And that was it. You know what? I forgot a movie, and I just when we were talking, you know, I remembered, and it's just I'll add this real quick. I watched uh, and I purchased uh, the movie uh, Steven Soderbergh movie Haywire with uh, Gina Carano, and uh, um, all I will say is this: I liked it. Uh, I thought it was really good, done really well, great cast, and Antonio Banderas's beard was so fucking awesome. It was gorgeous. And uh, let me tell you also that this chick is mm, mm, mm. She nomina. Is, she's got some, um, yeah. She whoops, <laughs> she whoops some ass and she is, uh, she's got, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how to put it. Because I want to say she's thick, but yeah. she's not really thick, but she is. But it looks nice. She's I healthy. like it. She's healthy. She's, she's healthy. She is healthy. I'd like to see her in, her in a movie with like some of the uh, fucking action chicks that are real skinny and shit like that, and just have her just dominate. She could be a prison warden deal, Ooh. and like rub maybe, on them. Maybe they could remake Ilsa, and she'll be Ilsa. Yes, and punish <laughs> like uh, fucking Van Damme and <laughs> Ted uh, Pryor. Ted Pryor. Okay, uh, we're gonna take a break and come back and review. Let's do in the soup first. How does that sound, sir? It sounds good to me. All right. I really got to piss. Uh, we'll be right back. Wait a minute. What? But my balls is. When I come home after a hard day's work, there's nothing better than listening to outside the cinema. I like to draw a bubble bath and get in there and play with the bubbles. And sometimes I fart in the tub and some of the bubbles come up and I'll scoop a bubble up in my hand and I'll pop it and smell my own fart. I like to smell my asshole. Coming out his asshole. a friend of mine Every time I think about him now Lord, I just can't keep from crying Cause he was a friend of mine All right. 
back from break. I said all right. <laughs> uh, so our first piss. first film of the week is In the Soup from 1992. This is directed by Alexandre Rockwell, starring uh, Steve Buscemi, Seymour Cassell, Each. and some other people that I don't recognize except for uh, oh bullshit. <laughs> Carol Kane, Jim Jarmusch, Stanley Tucci. Oh, yeah, and a little appearance by Sam Rockwell that I'm sure we'll touch on. <laughs> so, sir, I will let you take the lead here. What did you think of In the Soup? I didn't like it. No? Nah, it was all right. Okay, let's get right down into it. There's going to be more to this review than just that. Nitty gritty. <laughs> We're going to get down to the nit and the grit and the tit. Um, okay. This was recommended by uh, Morris, Morris from Love That Album. Um, he's been – see, you know how them Aussies are. He's been, he's been you know, getting on me. He's saying, why don't you review them movies that I sent you, you fucking moron. And I said, look you. Look you, Australian. Don't you get on my back. Can you tell I'm stretching this out because I don't remember that much about the movie? Anyway, um, no, I, I – okay. <clears throat> I just had some honey in my throat, so I'm trying to wait for it. To, it's clover honey, all natural. Mm. Uh, pretty good. I just like to suck it down. It's good uh, – you know. Do you know that when, <laughs> when they found the pharaoh's tombs, that they found honey in there and it was like thousands of years old, but it's still good? Yeah, they, it doesn't spoil. Oh, it doesn't spoil unless you put it in the fucking refrigerator, which I didn't know, and then it gets hard as a goddamn brick. So don't put it in the refrigerator. You don't have to. Okay. Now, here's this movie by this Alexandra Rockwell. Okay, now he is not related to Sam Rockwell or Norman Rockwell. Okay. Um, this is kind of a little small movie, I imagine. Um, it uh, is shot in black and white. Uh, which adds to the um, what you call it the ambiance, the aesthetic, and stuff like that. Big, big, you know, intellectual terms. Um, <clears throat> stars Steve Buscemi, um, who appears to be very young in this movie because there are times where he isn't really grotesque looking. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or I shouldn't say grotesque looking, but he's an odd looking person. But there are times in this where he is almost, you know, standing a certain way or whatever. And you're like, hey, he was kind of a cute, you know, young dude. Not that I'm gay or anything or want to marry him. I couldn't if I wanted to. Um, okay. Sometimes now he gets like a Peter Lorre thing going on. Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's kind of got the goo goo eyes. Yeah. yeah. Goo- and then, you know, but he's a legend. He's in a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Um, <laughs> oh, uh, I, Jesus. <laughs> Fucking grown-ups. Uh, <laughs> okay, off the rails on a crazy train review. Um, okay, now this guy is named Steve Buscemi, or Buscemi, Buscemi, whatever. Uh, he is a character named Adolfo Rolo, which I thought was kind of – it's almost like an absurd name that right, you right. know that somebody just made up. It, that, that, I, <clears throat> oh. Uh, but it is. I mean, but, but I mean that's who he is. Uh, he is a, uh, a writer and he has these big aspirations that he's going to write a, a big – he wants to make a movie. 
and he has this uh, story that he wrote, and you know, it's um, this huge, grandiose story. When you were talking about uh, Ingmar Bergman, it seems like um, this is something like what he's writing. It's almost like uh, Wings of Desire or something like that from the, the way he's telling it. And um, see, now I'm starting to get into it. I'm starting to remember. <laughs> <laughs> it's the honey. Uh, I'm not chewing in your ear. I'm drinking honey. You know, before I came out here, I thought to myself, okay, I don't want to get a bunch of food that's like going to make a bunch of noise. So I'm going to get like some tea and some water and some honey and maybe a little peanut butter. And, and I'm then going to chomp some fucking crunchy yeah. ass pita chips like right in your ear. A bear with a bag of chips. Oh, uh, delicious. So he he writes this novel, but he's living in this, I mean, dump. <laughs> fucking dump isn't even the word for it. Um, it, there's, it's this really, I mean, probably, you know, low rent piece of shit apartment that if you went to New York and you were trying to make it that yeah, you'd be yeah, like, yeah. okay, well, I don't have any much money, but I, I just need to get an apartment. I mean, I wouldn't, I, out, out of all the apartments I lived in, in college, there was none that were this bad. No. Um, there's bugs crawling around. Uh, he fucking gets like a pizza and there, he looks over while he's laying on the couch and there's a fucking rat or a, it's more like a mouse. I think eating his pizza yeah, crust. Eating yeah. his pizza. Um, that would bug the shit out of me because man, stuff crawling on me is like, urgh, unless it's like fucking Jessica Biel naked covered in honey. And um, peanut butter. Big butt in my hands. Smacking. Whatever. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, but he is just, I mean, he's, he's like a starving artist basically. And so it's getting down to the knit and the grit, the nitty gritty that he has no money. Um, he has these landlords that are, um, certainly an odd, um, stereotypical, um, I think they're, are they brothers? I I couldn't tell, but I thought they were, I they are stereotypical, but what makes them different is that there's two of them, and they constantly argue and sing, which yeah. is pretty cool. And, and the, yes, they are definitely a team. They have they have a uh, a, a gimmick, uh, even though they are. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I, okay, now I'm not trying to be like a douche, uh, but I am a redneck, or I don't know if I'm not a redneck. Okay, I am not a redneck. But um, were they Jewish? I think they were Italian. Oh, they're Italian. Yeah, well, goddamn. Yeah. Fuck me in the ass. <laughs> Just don't marry me. Oh. <laughs> uh, actually, I think sodomy's illegal here, too. Really? <laughs> yeah. Fuck, man. I'm a, I'm a fucking felon on the run then. <laughs> I love <laughs> sodomy. <laughs> uh, so anyway, what? And when I took my dick out, it had shit on it. This if you place. I'm, I'm, I'm sighing at where I live. Don't get down on yourself. I just want to marry my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Love, exciting and new, but not <laughs> North Carolina. Um, look, you know what, people? I'll tell you something. Everyone should have uh, equal rights, but it's not like you can't fucking have your damn boyfriend and just goddamn live together. And Okay, now the main thing about that is the um, – the, um, you know, just the basic rights of, uh, like, say your spouse is in the hospital yeah. or or healthcare and shit like that. Yeah. I can see that, but goddamn, you don't have to get married to sodomize each other. It's true, because I sodomize and I'm not married. I've never been married. <laughs> that's probably why, because I sodomize all the chicks. I want some cake. 
And I'm going <laughs> to sodomize some cake in Jessica, or Jessica Biel, Jennifer Peels and Jessica Biel. Okay, we're going somewhere that we should not be going. This is not a political podcast. It's a gay podcast. Um, in the Soup. In the Soup. too. Steve Buscemi. Okay. So he is a starving artist, and he's getting down to the nitty-gritty. I said that already. But uh, he's got these two <laughs> landlords, and they're kind of – they have a, a bit of charisma because uh, in an asshole way, they will stand outside your door and sing a cappella <laughs> – uh, songs about how they're going to bash your goddamn head in if you don't pay your rent. It was it was it was different. It was certainly uh, yeah. uh, entertaining. And it, if you weren't scared to death uh, of uh, getting beat up or the fear that oh my god I don't have the rent and here they come, it would be awesome. I mean, they're just it's it's like a little show. <laughs> So anyway, he looks around and he's like, okay, he's, he goes to the pawn shop all the time and he's fucking selling like every goddamn thing he has, you know. Uh, and uh, I mean, he does seem like he has a, uh, uh, he goes and gets some jobs every once in a while because he's mm-hmm. painting and stuff like that. And he comes home tired with paint all over him. But, um, he finally gets down to where he's like, oh, God, you know, what am I going to do? I don't have anything else to sell, and these guys are going to kick me out, and my, my uh, he has to be in New York, you know, or wherever. Um, because if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. And uh, it's just up to him. Um, <laughs> so he um, looks and, you know, he's like, okay, I'll sell my, my novel. And he puts a, um, an ad in the, in the uh, classified ad in the paper. You know, selling his novel for five hundred bucks, and um, or his script, his script, whatever. Don't you fuck it? I'll correct you if I want, motherfucker. Marry you now, you putz. Um, hey, putz, that came out weird, out of somewhere <laughs> from West Virginia. Putz, huh? Hmm? Uh-huh. I'm a worldly traveler. Um, travel what? Anyway, what? Uh, so he gets a response, which is kind of weird, and you know, and and uh, there was a couple times where I didn't know anything about this movie and I wasn't sure what was going to happen. But if I was him, I'd have been a little bit nervous. (laughs) Um, He, this guy says, you know, well, you know, I want to take a look at your script and not, you know, maybe buy it. So the guy tells him, well, you know, come over to my house and all this and that. And, um, or his apartment. And he goes over there. Well, it's uh, Seymour Cassell and uh, Seymour Cassell. If you've ever watched like uh, Rushmore, Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been in a ton of fucking movies. Sometimes he plays a bad guy. Sometimes he plays a lovable curmudgeon. Uh, but he's pretty cool. I like him. I mean, he's he seems like so a, fucking good, especially in this movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, um, he, um, Buscemi or Adolfo Rolo uh, goes there, and of course, you know, he's he's got to be kind of like you know, he's excited that he's going to sell it, but he doesn't want to sell it. But he's going to this kind of. You know, just a guy's apartment. And so he's uh, – uh, Joe, who is Seymour Cassell, is – you know, he seems like he's really into it. He's really excited. I want to make a movie, blah, 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 and everything. And while they're standing there talking, um, <laughs> was she Asian? Yeah, she was. I think she, her name was Dang, so yeah, I assume she, so. It's about yeah, and she looked like she was about sixteen years old, which is hard to tell sometimes because Asian la- ladies are, you know, a, a lot of them, not all of them, are petite and small of stature. But she just comes out, you know, pretty much 
topless, you know, naked, topless. And uh, that kind of throws – it's it's almost like uh, Adolfo is in the Twilight Zone. Right, right. Everything is kind of like, what the fuck? You know, like he just stepped in this weird world. Um, but, I mean, even before with the goddamn landlords and show, that was strange enough. But um, so Joe is obviously – there's something – I would say I would use the term shady, like uh, right off the bat when you know here's this old guy who's got to be how old do you think he was in this movie? Maybe probably in his sixties. Sixties, but an old guy, and here's got this like uh, looks like some, like I said, fifteen, sixteen year old half naked uh, girl that's you know she up- comes she comes out and she's wearing dark uh, lipstick and this movie if you didn't if, <laughs> if you didn't realize it's it's filmed in pretty contrasty black and white so yeah, she yeah. comes out and just plants this big like open mouth kiss on steve buscemi and he's got fucking just lipstick smeared all over his face she's jumping around she snorts coke on the couch <laughs> <laughs> and then cassell uh he's like yeah you're gonna have to leave because we're just gonna fuck here on the couch <laughs> well he ends up he he tells him you know he he just pulls out this big wad of money you know and uh he's like hey you know here's this and and um adolfo basically you know, is like, holy shit, you know, uh, this guy is the answer to all my fucking prayers. He is so gung-ho about doing this script and he's got money fucking coming out of his ears and everything. But the moral to the story is usually if it's too good to be true, it is. And I mean, <laughs> you know, when, you know, this young girl is, you know, snorting lots of blow and shit and uh, Casal seems like he's kind of a... Um, uh, what do you call it? A someone who may not be on the straight and narrow. No, I mean, but he is an interesting kind of character. He's just like uh, it's almost like you want to, even though you're pretty sure that he's shady. Yeah. Uh, there's you're like okay. He, it's like pieces of the puzzle. Buscemi knows that something's not right here. But he's suiting his purpose, but it's almost like peeling uh, the onion, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, okay, well, what's going on here? What is this guy, you know? And the only way I'm going to find out is I have to continue on this little journey. I have to continue on this path. I'm pretty sure all my all my nerve endings are telling me, okay, something's not right here. This this I shouldn't get involved with this guy. But he's not 100% sure if the guy – it might just be a rich eccentric person, right, right, uh, or whatever. He's not, you know, he doesn't know. So anyway, on a little side story there, um, he Adolfo also in his shitty apartment has a neighbor who is um, a flash dancer, <laughs> Jennifer Beals. Yes, yeah, Jennifer Beals. She's not a flash dancer in the movie, but um, she uh, lives there, and they're very noisy, and you know, make a lot of noise, yelling and screaming, and blah 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 blah. But he is infatuated with her. Uh, there's one scene where they are in um, – or he's in the diner and he's sitting there by himself and there's a table of old cronies, guys, and uh, she comes over to the table and they're just telling her, oh, you just look so lovely today. And she's just like fawning and she – you can tell they come in there all the time and, and they're really nice to her and she's just so nice to them. And she goes over to Buscemi and, and he just – Says, I mean, just uh, he's just like trying to make like a little conversation, and she just totally fucking looks God, at him. She's such a cunt to him the first yeah. half of this movie. Yeah, like he's just a piece of shit. Um, 
So, which is that's life, you know. That's how it usually works. <laughs> so, um, Joe uh, has a brother. And Joe's brother is where uh, Joe is very verbose and mm-hmm. grandiose, and he's always <laughs> fucking hugging and uh, kissing on the face. <laughs> on the, I, I, oh my god! Okay, I love when he is in Steve Buscemi's dead, and he's like, I'm like gnawing on Steve Buscemi's ear. <laughs> it was amazing. It was it was funny because you know it's so it's like right at first. It would be so uncomfortable because you wouldn't know. Okay, is, uh, now, is this guy gay? Is he, does he want to marry me in North Carolina? Like, can't, and, can't do it. Uh, but then after – it's the kind of friend that once you get to know him, you know that they just do shit like that just, just for to get a rise out of you, not literally yeah. but figuratively. And he does shit like that all the time. He'll come up behind him and like, and like yeah, come on, give me a kiss or lay on top of him and shit, <laughs> wrestle with him I'm, and everything. I'm really and glad. Dick, I'm really glad glad i went into this movie cold like i did i, I knew that they kind of formed a uh, a bond in some way and that was about it but it's like i really like the uh and uh, movies like this often speak to me well but i love the the quirkiness of the there's a lot of just very different characters that usually have like one thing or you know something about them that makes them very distinct you know i mean i guess if anything bashimi's like the straight guy in the film he's you know he's you've seen that character before Mm-hmm. But it's like you got the eccentric gambling producer, movie producer who may, may or not be a movie producer. You have the you know his hemophiliac brother who just like stares at <laughs> Bashimi all the time. He was disturbing. I mean, because he <laughs> he was the kind of guy that he, he was the uh, the. Uh, Antichrist to Joe or whatever because he's the exact opposite and he's the kind of guy that, like you said, I mean, even if you were in a in an elevator or something with him and you were just standing there and you were like, "Hey, nice day," I mean, that would just stand there and stare at you with these dead eyes, you know. And he always he's always bleeding on his face. He's always trying to like pat like blood on his face. That grossed me out quite a bit. You got you got the crazy young Asian girlfriend and like you know we already mentioned the the two uh, landlords who sing about the rent at the door. Mm -hmm. So, but so um. Adolfo uh, gets in bed, sometimes literally with Joe, but, you know, figuratively as far as making this movie. And Joe, um, you know, is trying to he, – he gets so excited about it that he decides, you know, I'm going to finance this movie and uh, we're going to make it together. And so then he starts coming up with this money, you know, like, hey, here's <laughs> this money. You know, hey, I got some more money. I got some more money and everything. And um, But what you – Come to find out is that um, Joe is definitely – he is beyond shady. He is a criminal. <laughs> and um, pretty much uh, if you watched uh, Goodfellas or something like that where they would say like these guys in the in the mafia, you know, they had the crews and the guys were earners and they were just constantly scheming and stealing shit. Uh, if they were walking down the street and they saw – a restaurant, you would think, okay, man, that's a nice restaurant. I'd go in there and eat. Well, they're thinking, you know, I can go in there and blackmail this guy for protection and then fucking burn the place down and, right, right. or go in and steal this or that or go in and steal all his food and sell it out of the back of a truck. He's he's just constantly on the on the scam. Um, and he's, uh, well, like, he's very earnest about it. Like he, he doesn't seem to have a problem with it. He's very happy when he's doing yeah. whatever he's doing. So He loves his life, and yeah. that's one thing. He, he – 
like money is nothing to him. It's just like my friends used to say this that were kind of a little bit shady. Uh, you know, it's just dirty paper. And uh, you know, he, he, he has a he has a zest and a lust for life. Uh, just he likes to have fun. He mm-hmm. likes to joke. And so you wonder how his brother ended up being such a fucking uh, goddamn lobotomy or whatever the hell he was. This weirdo. <laughs> um, but so, what was it? His brother said to uh, Bashimi at one point something about. Ripping off his eyelids and pasting him to his asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's like one of these. I mean, okay, I've never heard that before, and it's very, it's kind of creative, I guess. Yeah, it shows some creativity. Yeah, uh, my tea bag is hitting me in the mouth. <laughs> blah, blah. <laughs> um, um, D D D D D. So um, he starts. Uh, Joe starts um, involving Adolfo. Uh, you know, it'd be like, uh, hey, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to run in this place. Um, you know, well, keep the car running or something like that. At first, it's just little things like that. And Adolfo doesn't even know what's going on until after the fact. And he's like, oh, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's get out of here, you know. And then it just escalates where he's actually going on, like, fucking breaking and entering and shit like that, people's houses. And But the main thing is, with this movie is it's not I mean you have the storyline of them you know trying to make the movie but that's just it's almost like it's incidental yeah uh, it, it it moves the story along but the story is really uh, first is um, just Adolfo and Joe and them meeting and kind of uh, like you said bonding and and becoming friends uh, and accomplices and shit like that and then there's just a crazy quilt cast of characters that are thrown in here and there, just some of them out of the blue for no fucking reason. Um, that, uh, like I said, it's almost like this this movie takes place in a in its own world. Yeah, yeah. This crazy ass fucking world. Uh, every place that you very rarely. Uh, Adolfo very rarely runs into anybody that just seems like a normal person. Everything's quirky. Everything's weird. Everything's kind of strange. Not in, you know, I I, I don't know. It's like I said, it's almost like a Twilight Zone episode. But one thing is that, I mean, through life that I know is uh, depending on who you're hanging out with, uh, there are people that their whole world is what, you would consider like uh, uh, strange or weird or dangerous. You know, yeah, yeah. you might have a friend, have like a, a friend or something that, uh, whether they're from the other side of the tracks or whether they're involved in shady shit. And when you hang around with them, like-minded people gravitate towards each other. So when you're with them, you know, their family's probably like that, or in some way, mm-hmm. they're they're friends. The people that you're going to meet when you're around them, and you're like out of sort of out of place or whatever but um he um is almost like adolfo almost kind of is fighting it because he's you know i don't want to be involved in this i don't want to do this anymore i don't want to be involved in this i don't want to do this anymore but and joe's like oh come on you know just go along you know and i think that adolfo he doesn't want to get in trouble and he sees that a lot of this shit is bad, but then it almost gets to the point where it's like, you know, um, I wouldn't say he's torn, but 
he realizes, you know, his life was mundane and shitty yeah. and boring, and he was just sitting at home feeling sorry for himself, it's, waiting for his next big break. It's a and common now, theme through both movies, you know, with the, yeah. this like whirlwind of a of an older character right. who comes into the life of somebody who's stuck somewhere, mm-hmm. but you know, in some way they're just they can't make a change, and these people come in and they're super eccentric and they're, yes. you know, they're always on the go and they're just they come in and they they whirl everything up, they 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 you know, yeah, they you got I mean, their just lives in, you know spinning, excitement and uh, and and so he finally. Um, Seems to, I mean, Stanley Tucci is in this, and I, I mean, I'm just kind of like, what the fuck, you know? I mean, like, it, it, he, I think he was supposed to be French, but he sounded like Borat, <laughs> right? Whether it was him or Rockwell, I mean, there's there's characters that are thrown in this, and it just makes you. When you were talking about the movie you watched that didn't have any script, <laughs> it seemed like almost like, hey, okay, you know, you're my buddy. Uh, why don't you come and be in this? And I just want you to go in there and just kind of out of the blue and just act eccentric you know and so there was a lot there was a lot of stuff like that um he things start going his way um as when he meets joe Mm -hmm. uh like i said he's getting some excitement in his life it's uh whether he's dragging being dragged drug along kicking and screaming uh and, and then the next thing you know the um What's her face? Jennifer Beals, uh, Angelica Pena. Uh, she um, she starts to come around, and uh, they start kind of hanging out together. And of course, here's Joe with Dag, <laughs> his uh, uh, seemingly underage uh, cokehead <laughs> girlfriend, and they're going like as a couple, uh, like on um, dates and going dancing and shit like that together. And um. Everything's great. I mean, they're just having such a good time and everything. Um, I thought there's there's one part where Joe starts doing something that kind of uh, for Adolfo, I thought it was going to be like okay, crossing the line, and it was at first uh, with Angelica. Yeah, and it pisses. I mean, you know, they're all having a good time, and then the next thing you know, it's like okay. Eh. This uh, uh, Joe does something that kind of uh, puts a puts a, a, a wet blanket on the party or whatever, and um, Angelica's kind of like I'm getting the fuck out of here and everything. But um, and I thought there was going to be a break there between Joe and Adolfo, but Joe is the kind of person that like everything's water off the duck's back. Yeah. And he just shows up later, and he's like, "Hey, I got these two chicks with me. You know, let's fuck." <laughs> you know, and uh, the one is—I've um, seen her in a, in a lot of shit. That uh, Debbie uh, uh, is it Mazar. Um, she's she's been yeah, in yeah, a lot Debbie of Debbie Mazar. And she—if if you've ever seen her, uh, or you know, you'll you'll know who I'm talking about because she has this very distinct, definite distinct look. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, she was in a lot of stuff for. For a while, but she shows up, and I, those girls were were they prostitutes? I think so. I think okay, so. because I mean Joe just shows up, either that or he's got away with women because he shows up with these two chicks. <laughs> he says, "Okay, you take this one, and I'll take this one, and let's fucking have a good time." It's New Year's Eve, Woo-hoo! you know. After they had just you know got rid of their other chicks, <laughs> um, 
of course, Adolfo is the kind of person that could fuck up his own wet dream. Uh, he's like, I don't even want to, you know, I don't even want to do this. And the girl's like, let me put my head in your lap. Oh, yeah, why don't you put your head on the pillow? Uh, and, and so anyway, <laughs> um, but it comes down to um, it's a nice little movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't want to go like every goddamn thing that's in the motherfucker. But um, it reminded me of um, – I don't know. I can't remember if Buscemi directed um, Coffee and Cigarettes. No, it was Jarmusch. Oh, yeah, Jim Jarmusch. Because I was going to say the the, the action. <laughs> well, and this movie reminds me of something that he would do. Yeah, I'm sure it's a, they're probably all just buddies hanging out, you know? It's like. Yeah, sitting around jerking each other off. Yeah. Ooh, we're so intelligent. We're so cutting. Ooh, my hair's so big and gray. Oh, my eyes are so goddamn fucking big and buggy. And my mustache, see more because I was like, my mustache is so fucking bushy. Uh, let's sit around and just fucking, we're so cool. I look like Wes Anderson. Oh, wait, he hasn't made movies yet. Oh, oh, oh Wes Anderson. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, I uh, I like I like the look of it. I like the, uh, it, it seems like just kind of, like I said, a a, a small Small movie, small budget, small movie. The concept is uh, is just kind of a, a um, just a nice little cozy little um, movie that you would like. Yeah, I keep saying nice, 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 but it is. It's just you know, it's the the friendship thing, and and uh, it's got a it's got a nineties feel to it. It's yeah. definitely. It's almost like it's like a really really good like uh like art house like like an art house film but it has that 90s feel and if you've seen like Jarmusch's work and stuff like that you'll you'll know you'll you'll have that similar feeling going in it's it's uh you know it's shot black and white but maybe on video or it's not like you know it's a kind of a low low quality film or video or whatever it is um, cause everything's like nice and crisp it's not you know there's not that nice like uh, glow that film gives so um and uh I don't. I mean, I, I don't know why it's black and white, but um, I like the black and white. Yeah, no, no, it was fine. I'm just saying, like, I don't, it, there's usually with black and white, it, like, has a reason to do. It. I guess maybe because it maybe it's kind of a throwing back to like a more of a like a '50s kind of movie. Like, I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Well, I, I, I always like on IMDb that it says plot keywords: car theft, hemophilia, Dostoevsky, midget, female nudity. All oh, right, the midget and the gorilla. Yeah. That was pretty. That was pretty odd too. Yeah, I mean, um, it's just odd. It's it's uh, like I said. It just seems like it's a kind of a movie that that uh, takes place in its own little world of crazy eccentric uh, people. Um, yeah, the, I mean the the eccentric the eccentricities is that a word? The I don't uh, know. That, those little things. That's what I you know took out of this. I think most um, you know, like well, he, he lives on top of like a. I guess it's a liquor store, but they have a sign that just says cheap, best price, bottom, which yeah. wor- weird wording. Um, I like when, when he says he he ate three pizzas and puked. <laughs> just just yeah. laying there on the couch with the mouse eating the crust. <laughs> that sounds like something I would do. And uh, He binged. But the, um, you know, like him ending up having to go and pick up a pistol or whatever out in the middle of nowhere. Or, you know, I never would have thought that. Sam Rockwell's first appearance on our show would be as a mentally retarded Hispanic teenager, but, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, there's a, there's a car theft with a Santa Claus outfit. There's a, like I said, a midget dressed as a clown and a gorilla at one point, and you have you have uh, Jim Jarmusch 
and uh, what's her Carol Kane. Is this mm. the second time she's been on our show? Uh, I feel like she we, she was in something else we covered. Oh yeah, the, uh, the she was get, naked in the she fucked uh, Randy Quaid in Last Detail. Oh, we're tying came, it back because he, of Hal he, Hal Ashby, right? Yeah, he blew a big nut up in her face. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and when he said they, she they, had they, horrible tits, <laughs> <laughs> she, he was right. And they, uh, you know, with the, that show that they have, I mean, it's just. With the with the naked truth or whatever, where they interview film directors, but they have to sit there naked. <laughs> <laughs> what if that's um, real? Was that real? I don't, know. I don't think so. Um, I did. I did get. I, there's one guy. I have this in film sometimes where you'll see somebody just do a little short part, and you're like, "Where have I seen that guy before?" The, it hit me in this one. He goes. Uh, Bashimi goes to a car rental place at one point um, called like Easy Car Rental or something. And there's a, the guy that works at the desk I had seen before, and it was driving me crazy where I'd seen him before, and I figured it out. Um, his name's Paul Herman, and I guess I've saw him, seen him in Sopranos. I think he was like a, one of Tony's like mm-hmm. boss friends or something. He's a very familiar face if you've watched a lot of Sopranos. I think that must be where I've recognized him from because looking through his list, I did not recognize him from much else. So. Um, they ain't even got a picture of him on there. <laughs> and th- and this is a this is a decent uh you know it's decently shot. It's you know it's a, it's a nice story. I like the look. There's a really nice shot at the end on the beach where it kind of cranes up and showing uh, uh Angelica running across the beach. And um, this is a good movie. It's it's I'm glad I went into it cold. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's definitely worth checking out. We and uh, we can get into our scores here. Oh, six point five. Six point five, and uh, I would watch this again. Um, this is, um, I guess, cutting my teeth on on movies that weren't Ghostbusters and uh, uh, and you know fucking Back to the Future and stuff. When you know when getting into high school, college, these are the kind of films like you know when I so it has a nostalgic feel for me because it's kind of uh, off the beaten path, I guess. So that that adds to it for me. Um, you know, you mentioned some of the weird stuff kind of thrown in there, and some of it does feel like padding. Like, I, I like this stuff with uh, with Sam Rockwell, like filming on the roof with the uh, snow the, and stuff. I, I liked the 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 filming part of it and everything, but I thought that his character and everything was just kind of like, yeah, stupid. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like, <laughs> I, I hate to say that, but that that's that's why my rating was. I wouldn't say low because I think it's good and it's a it's a nice little movie and everything and it had some funny shit in it like uh, but there was and, and that's the thing with like Jer, Jer, Jim Jeremush movies is sometimes there's shit thrown in there that is just it's like okay this this, this is a little much yeah like he the, looked like the, the he looked like the fucking guy from Crank Yankers it's like hey Jimmy. <laughs> Yeah, he, just, he was one step from wearing a helmet, and he had a fucking helmet on. Oh, he what did? do you mean? One step from wearing a helmet. He had the fucking helmet on, uh, Jimmy. Yay, Jimmy. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the stuff with Stanley Tucci. Like, I, I like that it kind of weaves this like fabric around Bushimi, makes him just in the middle of this really eccentric little area. But some of it just seemed to go on a little long. Cheat things. Um, but you know, I liked it a lot. Uh, I, I give it a seven point two five. It's uh, Seymour Cassell himself carries this for me. I, I liked it. He is fun to watch at all moments. So he's looks like a good good dancer too. But. Expendables. He's what? dead. Didn't he die? No, he didn't. No, he didn't die. He's still alive. He should be in the Expendables. <laughs> he should be their boss instead of Mickey Rourke, the guy they come back to. 
hey guys uh, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah six I, I get it and i give it a 7.25 so uh the, it's definitely a solid movie and um if you like that kind of jarmuschian feel house uh indie art house kind of a nice nice artsy artsy, gay marriage movie (laughs) cool so that's in the soup uh let's take a break and come back and do harold and maud harold lady cadaver was a freedom rider While the global media is focusing on the aftermath of the global financial crisis, debating on whether global warming is scientifically sound or merely a political stunt, or reporting on citizens around the world toppling cruel dictatorships, I want to know why they're not focusing on the big issues. Is chess a better label than Sun? Did Richard Thompson or Britney Spears do a better version of Whoops, I Did It Again? Is Lou Reed or Van Morrison a grumpier old man? Do you think you two are a crap band? Do these issues matter in your life? They matter in mine. That's why I host Love That Album, a podcast based around music minutia. Join me, Morris Brzezinski, as every fortnight, myself and a guest host will dissect a favourite album right down to its bare bones and discuss some of the latest music news. You can find the podcast either on the blog site lovethatalbum.blogspot.com or at lovethatalbum.podbean, that's P-O-D-B-E-A-N.com, or just type in Love That Album, or one word, into iTunes. If your heart pumps to the beat of a Keith Moon drum fill, then I'd recommend you see a cardiologist. Failing that, you probably care about music passionately, in which case, join me for Love That Album. And you won't even have to drive your car into a swimming pool. You can sing along to this one. Well, if you want to sing out, sing, sing out. And if you want to be free, be free. Because there's a million things to be, you know that there are. And if you want to live high, live high. And if you want to live low, live low. Cause there's a million ways to go, you know that there are. You can do what you want. You can do what you want, Zom. The opportunity. I often do. <laughs> We're back from break. He hates America. You can do it today. And Christians. Yusef Islam, a.k.a. Cat Stevens. I love Cat Stevens. Do you love Harold and Maude? We'll soon find out. <laughs> that was an old person farting. <laughs> These sound Me. a little more dusty. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, so, Harold and Maude, 1971. I'll let you introduce it here, sir. Oh, God, wait a minute. Young, rich, and obsessed with death. Harold finds himself changed forever when he meets a lively... Sabuagenarian <laughs> Maud at a funeral. What is that? Septu Septuagenarian. That's like a you know seventy something old fart. Old. Okay. <laughs> Young Richard obsessed with death. Harold finds himself changed forever when he meets an old fart Maud at a funeral. <laughs> 
so Harold and Maude, 71. Um, I know this was your first time seeing it. This was my yes. second. Um, I, um, We're only one part away. This is uh, <laughs> only one part away. Being simpatico. This is uh, directed by Hal Ashby, who uh, we did the last detail by a, a couple, couple months ago. Um, and uh, stars Bud Court, who, honestly, I don't know that I've... I, I mean, I'm sure I've seen him. MASH. I don't, I don't remember him, really, from anything. What was he in MASH? He was in MASH the movie. MASH the uh, movie, uh, yeah. See, it, all, like, I've seen a lot of the movies he has been in, but I don't really remember him in them, so... Except maybe uh, a gay house owner in the movie Made. <laughs> mm-hmm. What a piece of shit that movie is. Yeah, um, but he couldn't get married. Well, not here. He couldn't. Um, so Harold and Maude is um, – well, honestly, it's a, like we mentioned before. It's a very similar kind of structure to uh, In the Soup. Um, you have a, uh, a young guy who – He's already very eccentric. Um, now, see, when I first oh. when I first saw this, I had that I, I thought he was like fifteen. As, <laughs> as it goes on, you realize this guy's probably like twenty three or so. Twenty twenty. He has the head, the face, and the head of like a a kid and the, and the then, fucking hairy chest. <laughs> yeah, but then when they show him like walking, you're like, well, fuck that guy. Looks like he's six foot. Some tall and he's got long legs and everything. It's he's like a fucking mutant. Yeah. <laughs> um, so even on the box cover, when I would before I'd seen this, when I would see the box cover, I thought this was like a fourteen-year-old kid. <laughs> yeah, I, he looks very young, but I mean, he drives, he drinks, he. I mean, you know, he's old enough to get married. So, um, now it opens with a pretty unique scene. Um, with, uh, with our, our titular character, Harold, uh, hanging himself in the, some kind of parlor or something. He said, tit. uh, what the, oh. um, <laughs> like I said, this is the second time I'd seen it. The first time I actually, uh, I learned how to, uh, project on using uh, on this film. Uh, we had an old print of it at a, a theater I worked at back in college and uh, we showed it and. So I, I learned how to uh, manu- uh, manage a projector using this film. So um, that was the first time I'd seen it. Um, so, yeah, the, it opens up, like I said, uh, it's fairly memorable, if, uh, you know, having your guy fucking swinging in the first 30 seconds. Um, pretty cool. Uh, but there's a um, – you get the idea that – Harold is uh he lives a life that he's not entirely content with. His mother's very uh uppity and she's rich. His father's not really in the picture and um his mother is very overbearing and his way of rebelling is he's kind of obsessed with death and destruction um and he always fakes his own suicides trying to I guess shock his mother into doing something different besides just telling him he needs to do whatever. Um so you kind of get you kind of get that idea. He he fakes his own death a few times. He he goes around. He you know he, when he buys a car and takes it to the car wash. There's a great scene there with him uh, a silhouette of him drinking orange soda in the front seat while as it rolls through the car wash. Well, you see that the car that he buys is a hearse, <laughs> <laughs> and his mother's you know is obviously disgusted by that. And but um, so he he also you know being obsessed with death, he also frequents funerals. 
Um, he just, it's kind of like in Fight Club, how, uh, how Edward Norton's character goes to support groups to see people like at their base at their worst, you know, they're crying and upset and everything. And it makes him kind of feel better about his life, I guess. And he's able to sleep and everything. And I think Harold does the same kind of thing. You know, he goes and sees these people crying. He sees, he's experiencing death and in a way helps him, I guess, deal with what he goes through. <laughs> if anything, it's like a change, you know I mean? Death is goddamn dogs symbolizes the change. Um, I wasn't mocking you. I was I know, mocking I dogs. No, I, but what if I was? I and I'm covering right. now. Oh, well, fuck it. Um, but I, I love the way Maude is Oh, well, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love the way that Maude is introduced because uh, uh, Harold has, has looked off in the distance and Maude is sitting over underneath a tree and she just, like, she randomly sneezes. And I'm curious. Now, have you had? I've never seen anything else with Ruth Gordon. I know she won an Oscar for Rosemary's Baby, which I haven't seen. I saw that. You've um, seen stuff with Ruth Gordon. You just watched something last week. Did I? That's why you're turning Oh, me. yeah. Every Which Way But Loose and Every uh, which way but loose. the other one, My Bodyguard, which... There you go. Don't sell yourself short. That's weird. I don't... I just totally, sell your brain cells I, short. I, I totally forgot that was her. Um, She's not, old. She was very... Well, she died in the 80s. I mean, like, uh, I saw some pictures of her where, I mean, like, she was fucking acting when she was, like, 20 years old. You know, yeah. I mean, back, back in the uh, back in the twenties, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. She was born. She she almost lived to be a hundred. She lived to be eighty nine years old. Tough luck. Eighty eight. Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't a bad looking chick when she was twenty years old. But hell, I guess we all weren't a bad looking chick when we were twenty years old. I definitely wasn't. Um, uh, hot titties too. So I'm I'm curious if she sneezed on purpose, but it was kind of cool. Like uh. uh She's sitting over, over underneath this tree kind of with the funeral also, and she sneezes. She's eating something. She's scratching her head, kind of looking almost disinterested, like she just wants to be there. Um, she like uh, Harold is curious why she's there, and he goes up and talks to her. And um, I love the scene when she's at – she asks him if he could sing and dance, and he, said, you know, he says no. She's like, I didn't think so. But when she leaves, she looks like – <laughs> and this is a, a running gag in the film, but she just peels out in this big ass car, riding up on the curb and almost hitting Harold's car. And uh, <laughs> and the guy, this guy, walks up to Harold. And he's like, "That was my car." <laughs> <laughs> so she, she uh, you know, like Seymour, Seymour Cassell's uh, character in the previous film, she just kind of lives as she wants. Uh, if she sees something like a car or whatever, she doesn't really have any problems just stealing it. Um, it's pretty funny. And she doesn't seem to think there's anything wrong with it. Um, you get a you get a a hint later on that man she was on Broadway in Peter Pan, in a Peter Pan in 1915. Boy, <laughs> Jesus! My grandmother who has since passed away was not even born yet. She's old. Yeah. So, um, very old, old and dead now. Very dead. Um, very dead. <laughs> just totally lost my train of thought uh yeah so um you just totally lost your train of thought and it's gone very well, old i thought of you when the when harold Ooh. when harold's mom brought up the computer dating service <laughs> yes <laughs> i was like is that like early match.com you, you the computer just matches you up with someone then they send you a printout and you have to actually meet the person <laughs> there's no emailing there 
No email in there. That, that, that leads to a few uh, uh, humorous cunt. scenes where, you know, Harold, of course, is not into his mom trying to set him up with somebody via computer. So he always does something atrocious to scare them off. And that first girl that <laughs> his mom. The one that was a little up, heavy. I would she probably. She had real tight clothes on. Yeah, I would probably try. Yes. I'd probably try to fake my own death with that one, too. I uh, fuck her. <laughs> Now, was that an image of you wouldn't like, fuck her? Was that a, are you saying you wouldn't fuck her? I would not fuck her. Is Man, that, she had some big titties and that, she had super duper, like just the tightest goddamn shirt on. I'd have fucked her. Is, You're was a snob. A, was that an image of a bowl of like, ice cream on the front of her sweater? Skinny people. <laughs> oh, she's fat. Oh, she's not a skinny stick. I can't fuck her. She had a big gross butt. I'm loaf. I'm big gross butt. Been. There's no, there, it's not big roast butt. Big gross. Uh, and it, it got to be in proportion. Little, oh. little tits with a huge ass is just not not. Yeah. Those tits weren't little. They were smaller than her big old ass. Well, <laughs> so is yours. <laughs> no, my tits are bigger than my ass. Big ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she had she had a bowl of ice cream on the front of her sweater. Uh, <laughs> I want some ice cream. Um, I feel like I got to go back and reassess this because I was like, man, I thought she was kind of hot. <laughs> You go back and look again when she's running out I'm of the room. Joking, um, but there's a <laughs> there's a very there's a now I got to think Wes Anderson was probably influenced by this film. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. This is another one that's kind of like it, it it exists in its own world. Like I don't know if there's actually people like this, but you know the you know the the way they act, the way they behave, the things they do, and after you've been to Horror Hound, you, you're saying you don't know if there's people like this in the world. <laughs> um, well, There's some fucking there, people. You know what made me think of that? There's a you know this this a moment when this is right after Harold has scared off one of his computer dates, and he looks to the camera and grins, and it's a total like breaking the fourth wall. And he's you know he's looking right at you, and and he starts to grin. His mother's kind of looking off in the distance, looking very disgusted. And the Cat Stevens song starts playing, and that was straight out of a Wes Anderson movie. I mean, like you could definitely see that happening. He's a thief. Fucking fucking pirate that guy. R O R. Um they uh the kind of the I guess the theme of the movie, they return to flowers quite a few times and um uh you know, Maud becomes this you know, Harold starts visiting her, but she she's a total change in his life. Um she she does kind of things on a whim. Um and I think that inspires him he you know he's stuck in this rut and he's trying to make changes in his life but never does he just sits there you know and they they go to a, a nursery of some sort uh like a uh, sorry a plant nursery <laughs> and you know the the, 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 the <laughs> that was brewing away from the underneath um the whole conversation with the flowers where you know she said she wants to be a sunflower and um and she, you know she's talking about plants. She's like she's saying that they grew, they grow and bloom and fade and die just like everything else. And um, they, uh, you know, he she, he's pointing out a flower. She wants to be a sunflower, and he's she's like, well, what kind of flower would you be? And he says like, I guess one of these. And he just points to daisies. He's like, she's like, why? Because they're like they're like everything else. And she's like, well, no, they're not, or they're all the same, or whatever. Like he just wants to be normal. And um, she's like, no, they're not the same at all. She you know she points out. That some of them been right, some of them been left, some of them missing pedals, and they're he's they're, a Debbie Downer. He is, and they're all unique, and you know it was a very, uh, very it's, it's, a, it's a nice moment. Poignant. So the the, the the yeah the the 
the theme of the flower comes back quite often in the film. So, um, but then what, what I think works makes it go beyond just, you know, one person influencing another. You get a hint at one point that Maud, you know, she has her own issues that maybe she acts the way she does for a reason. She's always like, she might, she's manic. You get that, you know, and, but you don't really know why, you know, if she's crazy or what, when she might be, but there's a scene where they talk, they're talking about an umbrella and, um, she starts reminiscing and like, she, you don't see her do that. She's, she's a very in the moment person Mm -hmm. and she stops almost mid sentence. She's just like looking off in the distance and Harold really snaps her out of the moment. Um, she, uh, she's always staying active, you know, moving and maybe she's, you get the feeling like maybe she's covering up something because she's rem- reminiscing away about this from the past. Yeah, and then it kind of or or trying to uh, forget something. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. get you get you see why <laughs> later on. Um, and and I, I like the way they handle that that why also they don't yeah. they don't focus on it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, which was that was a very nice scene too. Um, I do fucking love El Caminos. That was one of the cars she steals. Sammy had one. Fucking! I would. My dad had one, and I. Or maybe fucking, it was you. And didn't somebody say they wrecked really easily because there was no weight in the, the uh, ass I, I, I never. I, he never wrecked his, but he did. Um, he. My dad was a uh, a, a drinker driver, and what? he was drunk filling up his. Uh, it's a gay his, son. His El Camino <laughs> drunk driver with an El, with a gay son. Um, <laughs> <With> tattoos. <laughs> cartoons on your Stupid. arm. Stupid. <laughs> what are you gay? Um, he uh, so he was drunk, <laughs> filling up the gas in his car, and fucking walked off to go pay for gas with the door open, keys in the ignition, and somebody stole it uh, from the gas station and wrecked it within a mile of the gas station. <laughs> so maybe they it wasn't, wreck easy. maybe they are easy to wreck. And another time when he was driving, probably had too much to drink, and he had an aluminum ladder in the back of the El Camino, but it, obviously it was too long. So in his infinite wisdom, he had it propped on the roof. And uh, he was hit. At a, he hit about eighty in a forty-five, and the he said uh, all of a sudden he heard this noise, and he looked in the rearview mirror, and the and the fucking ladder is like helicoptering in the middle of the road, <laughs> where it had blown out of the fucking truck. Fucking idiot. Um. So. <laughs> uh, uh, the, uh, <laughs> now, uh, so uh, Tom Skerritt makes an appearance here, which was kind of weird. Um. And big uh, caterpillar stash. Yeah, that thing was dark. Uh, but he because uh, when he first started, see, he was in Mash too, and uh, the movie. And he did when he was young. He didn't. He didn't have the stash. But when he got older, like everything, he was yeah, in the yeah, stash. Yeah. But I wondered if that one wasn't fake. It looked fake. It, like it almost sat on his face. But that was he a weird role for him. Shit, I'll tell you. <laughs> For being a motorcycle cop, I was like, "What the fuck?" It was awful. Uh, <laughs> and did he piss his bummed. pants or something, or pull a muscle, or what? Because when he got off oh, a couple he, times, it well, was I like, think it's because the motorcycle fell on his leg when he was trying oh, to turn okay. around. Yeah, because he was. <laughs> it was like he pissed himself. You know what it was like? Okay, last night I bought these fucking jockey shorts, and usually I wear boxer briefs, yeah. and uh, and uh, so I bought these jockey shorts at Walmart, and I thought, eh, you know, I'll get a pair of some fucking jockey. And for some reason, that's the way, when he got off the bike, and he was like, like he was 
I thought it was like like he was adjusting. It's like all night. That's all I was doing because my balls would hang out the fucking one side, and then I would have to like try and adjust without anybody seeing me. And then the next thing you know, they'd be hanging out the other side. And then so then I'd be like back in the break room, and I'd have my hand down <laughs> my goddamn pants, grabbing my balls and trying to position them in the middle. But I wondered maybe maybe that's what it was. It wasn't the bike falling on his leg. His balls were hanging down his leg. <laughs> it's a weird role for someone like he's a he's a recognizable face i don't know if he was in 1971 or whenever this was made but mm. it's kind of weird seeing him. yeah it's kind of weird seeing him in this role he you know he's in the movie for two minutes it's like they could have yeah. gotten anybody to be that it reminded like, me of uh harrison ford in more american graffiti where bob falfa grows up and he pulls uh them over and he's a motorcycle cop and it's like that's just harrison ford saying okay i'll come back for this for Lucas, just for a, a second. Yeah, yeah, and he oh, and he went by M. Borman in the movie too. Like M. He, he wasn't Tom Scarrett. He was M. Borman, like Martin Borman, I guess. Maybe he was a Nazi. Could have been. Ooh, that's a nice picture. Whatever. Go ahead. I don't care. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I like I, Scarrett though. I always liked him. I got a I got a, a hint that maybe you feel the same way, but I did like the line of "There's a Catholic priest in it" when he says, "Uh." He, he, he's he's just talking to the camera, and he's like, you know, talking about the thought of a firm young body commingling <laughs> with with withered flesh, sagging breasts, and flabby buttocks makes me want to vomit. Yeah, but I bet you the thought of his flabby fucking sagging ass on some young fucking whatever, whatever. <laughs> but uh, that was a funny scene uh, where. Uh, and I don't want to spoil why he's talking to all these people at once. Um, he's got this crazy uncle that's in the military. Um, oh my god! The salute. <laughs> I love the salute. The, the, what the, the fuck? The uncle has a has a. Uh, he's missing an arm and uh, a fucking. He has you know his his shul- his sleeve on his uh, army jacket is pinned in a in a way where he can pull a string on the collar and is it goes up into a salute. It's pretty funny, um, but <laughs> he he. Um, there's a funny scene where he's going and kind of getting therapy from several people at once. Um, so it's like, I like that scene with all the men ter- telling Her- Harold what he's doing wrong. And, you know, they're all telling him, you know, they're, def- they're trying to define him saying, you need to be this, you need to be this. You see his uncle with Richard Nixon's post, uh, w- uh, uh, picture behind him. Uh, you see the, you see a shrink with Sigmund Freud behind him. And he's like, well, you know, I won't say that because I, I don't want to spoil that. But uh, and then you see the priest with the pope behind I him. You're going to say something racist. No, no, no. <laughs> no. Oh um, but no, whatever. you know, and it's it's nice. You know, Maude always encouraged him to be. If you want to sing out, sing out. She wanted to be. He wanted him to be what he wanted to be, not what somebody else told him he needed to be. Um, and that's really what you take from the film. But you know, the the Catholic priest saying the firm young body was pretty funny, though. So, well, I want to. I'm I'm interested more to hear what you had to say about this because I know this was your first time watching it. Um, I thought uh, the like when you said, "Do people? Uh, is there really people out there that act like this or whatever?" One the one thing that I kept thinking over and over and over when the way that he acted and the way he acted, especially at home with his mom and everything, I just kept thinking of like Gomez Adams in the fucking Adams family, <laughs> and that they were like because the, the mother 
had just basically become that was like the running gag is that she had become just so oblivious because he did this shit all the time Mm -hmm. that they there would be these horrific things that if anybody any normal person walked in and saw it saw this shit they would totally fucking freak out and she just would just it totally ignore him and just yeah, continue yeah, yeah. on what she was doing. And uh, he would come up with these those elaborate um, suicide things and everything. Yeah, so burning himself, shooting himself, hanging yeah. himself. Yeah. When he lit himself on fire out there, <laughs> that was kind of – but, but, but you got to see how normal people were when like the dates and shit would show yeah, up yeah, that, yeah. that weren't used to it. And they were like, oh, my God. Well, except for the actress, which that was kind of <laughs> like, jeez. <laughs> um, I uh, – the uh, – I, I did uh, – I'm glad – like when you said about like Fight Club – I was like, okay, this is basically uh, he is like uh, Ed Norton, and uh, she was his Marla, except she wasn't, uh, you know, Marla wasn't old. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I liked the parts that I liked the most of this movie were the parts with uh, him and his mother at their house and shit, like, mm-hmm. and just the stuff that that would happen, like the mother would be. The, they like almost like Esther Williams. She's playing this music and she's standing by the pool and has her her uh, swimming cap on and her right, right. gown. She takes the gown off and she starts swimming and it's just really nice. And then the next scene, I mean, as they go by, he's laying in the pool like doing like he's drowned and shit. And she just doesn't pay attention. Just keeps going. And now the one time um, she did freak out. He he went far enough that even her being that jaded. Um, she it was <laughs> too much, too much, too much. Now was she pissed about the myths or the fact that he did it again? Well, I don't know because it was a lot. It was a lot of blood. <laughs> and it's like God, you know. Um, I like those those things more. I, and I know that I mean the whole movie is based around his relationship with Maud, but I I don't know what it was. It, it, I like the uh, the thing about uh, <coughs> kind of why she was the way she was, yeah, yeah. and and that brings it. But before that, uh, or even thinking, okay, you know, when you just took it at face value, I mean, it's like, okay, this is a little bit uh, over the top. I'm sure that uh, the woman would probably be fucking committed or in jail. I mean, she was stealing cars. Like you said, it's almost like a, a mania kind of a thing yeah. because she would just, I mean, uh, I, I did like the uh, one scene where, um, Scarrett, uh, pulls them over. And, and I mean, and like, I can't remember what he said, but it was just something like, uh, Okay, now I'm gonna go check this out, and she goes, "Okay, bye," and she takes off. <laughs> He's like, "What? What?" It's like and, the, um, you know, the 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 gall of her is shocking to people. Like, I like yeah. the part at the, uh, I, I guess it's the airport they pull up to, or some kind of public building, and the the cops are checking out the car that they just pulled up into the parking lot, and she, they just go and get in another one, and she waves, yeah. and the cops like, "Bye," and they're just like, they were gonna steal, you know, peeling out in this Mustang. They were gonna steal the tree, and she pulled up on the sidewalk, and she goes, "Well, how about that car up there? Does that is that parked correctly?" And he's like, "Yeah." And he, she goes, okay, well, thank you. And then just goes and gets on this <laughs> fucking badass Mustang. It's like, holy shit, that thing was growling up around the corner. <laughs> um, 
the the um, I don't know. I just kind of uh, I don't want to say that it was kind of creepy, mm-hmm. uh, but it kind of creeped me out that um, you know here's this guy who looks like he's fourteen and he's supposedly falling in love with this hundred year old you know crazy yeah. But I mean, some of her craziness was uh, almost to the point of being, you know, I don't want to say silly, but it was like, okay, this is this is a little bit t- too. Uh, um, I don't, I don't know. I did not like the movie. I liked the movie, um, but that was just some things took you out of it. Well, yeah. I mean, it was just it was it was a little too with and mostly just with her parts was okay. just a little too zany for me. It was like okay, just zany for zany's sake. <laughs> the um, I you know, I, I I I didn't think anything. I mean, obviously in real life. Uh, somebody like that would have been arrested uh, long before she was able to do a lot of the things she did. But I didn't think the things that she did were totally absurd. Um, like, I you know, I don't know how they got that tree without getting caught, but, you know, but it's like, yeah, I didn't feel like the things that she did were anything that, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't be able to find somebody to do somewhere, you know, nearby or whatever every day. You know, stealing yeah. a tree or stealing a car just to just because not not out of ill intent, not to chop it up and sell it, just to go for a joyride. You know, I think that happens all the time. It's just the difference was she was seventy nine as opposed to nineteen. You know, um, and I think mm-hmm. that's you know as far as their relationship goes, I think what he saw in her was not a sexual attraction as much as it was like he you know finally saw a change in his life and that was what attracted her to him uh, attracted him to her because she was just a, a whole different kind of force he was she was the complete opposite of his mother who you know was an attractive lady who was very uppity uptight um you know rich uh maud definitely wasn't rich she lived in a tra- train car uh, yeah there's a there's a restaurant in the co- in the town i went to college in that it's in a train car um but the um I don't know. I, I liked the evolution of their relationship. I, like, I think it's it was it was sweet, and um, you know, and like I said before, I like that. I like the part when we find out most likely why she is like she is. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, anyway, we, we can get into rating it here. So uh, I don't know. I mean, I just uh, yeah. uh, we'll see that you know her her behavior and their relationship didn't get to me like it did for you. Um, and I think I I, I liked it. Like, it's been a long time, so it's hard to say with certainty. But I'm pretty sure I liked this the second time more than the first. Um, you know, some people will say it's a classic. It's a classic for me in the sense that it definitely was different from anything else that probably had come out at that time. At least, mm-hmm. at least in its oh, quirkiness. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 memorable. Like it's it's like you know, and it, it's a it's a influential film with a lot of. You know, well, like I said, Wes Anderson, he's one of my favorites, and it's you can tell it's an influence on him and, the, and stuff like that. And I like the feel of it. Um, I don't know if I'd go and say it's a classic, but it's a classic in certain circles, certainly. Um, I, uh, I, I, and I, and like I said, I have revisited it, and I would recommend anybody do it. And I would give it a, I would give it an eight out of ten. 
Um, I just uh, this is on IMDb, uh, but uh, this was Roger Ebert in 1972, and so and so what we get finally is a movie of attitudes. Harold is death, Maud is life, and they manage to make the two seem so similar that life's hardly worth the extra bother. The visual style makes everyone look fresh from the wax museum, and all the movie lacks is a lot of. Uh, day-old gardenias and lilies and roses in the lobby, filling the place with a cloying, sweet smell. Nothing more to report today. Harold doesn't even make Paul Bearer. <laughs> so, I mean, that's that's the one thing... He, he was unnatural. I don't I don't really care for his performance, but uh, uh, Maude... Uh, well, I mean, I mean I'm, that's Gordon. what's so weird is I'm like the exact fucking opposite. Ruth Gordon I, was really good, I thought. I liked him, and I didn't like her. <laughs> um, I thought he, <laughs> I I liked his character. I thought um, he was eccentric in his own way, mm-hmm. and I thought now, okay, well, yeah, I'm mean, the fucking jaguar. Evidence of that, but I, I, I don't. That car was awesome too. I guess the only thing, if you looked at it like he was doing all the shit he was doing for comedy's sake. And to be just like funny, like almost like an Andy Kaufman uh, performance art yeah. kind of a thing. When I looked at it that way, I was like, I thought he, I liked his character and I thought he was funny and how he fucked with his mom and shit like that and everything. Okay, now I know that there was stuff that, and it's, 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 it is explained that there's more to him than that. There's a reason why he's doing this and that's yeah. why it's not a good thing. Because of his being morose and everything, but um, like where Ebert was, what Ebert was talking about when he reviewed it is the thing that with her that I didn't like was was just she was just, and I I know that even with her, her thing wasn't face value because there was a reason why she was the way she was and whatever. But it was portrayed throughout most of the movie that she was just, you know, so funny and carefree and, like he said, sweet and sappy and, yeah. you know, and, and oh, my God, life is so grand. Da, 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 da. Now, the fact that there was something other than that uh, and that maybe it was a cover and everything, that's great. Uh, or that that without that it was it would have been just a sappy silly movie yeah. and without Harold the thing that happened to him that caused him to be the way he was it would have just been a zany sweet sappy movie right but um, if they would have just given us a little bit more uh, of like maybe showing her i mean i i don't want to add to the movie because yeah, the movie yeah, yeah. is what it is but i'm just saying like um um in the there was a movie called mr jones and uh it was richard gear hey richard gear woo, yeah and it was about uh <laughs> manic depression bipolar manic depression where and he was going around all the time and he would just yeah come on yeah yeah and he'd be dancing and playing the piano and doing all this stuff and laughing and all the women loved him and all the people thought he was great and everything but then they would show the other side of it and he would be in the goddamn fucking mental hospital uh, getting a Thorazine shot because with all that 
bouncing off the walls and everybody thinks it's the greatest goddamn thing in the world. Oh my God, he's so funny. He's so full of energy. He's like Maude. You know, she's so funny. She's so full of energy and everything. There's, there's a downside and there's a crash. And yeah. you only got to see a small part of that. And, um, you wish and that's it would have been explored a little bit more. I wish it would have been explored a little bit more because for me, it did, even with knowing, um, that there was more to it than that because they didn't explore it enough. Okay. It did come off for me as just a zany, silly, you know, yeah. movie. I can see Which, that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with zany and silly. I like zany and silly. I like um, silly. I, I, you know, and I don't want to say I'm like, I, I, I did not fucking like the movie. I like the movie. I like the Adams family quirkiness, but like I said, it's I think it's just so weird that for you, you liked it, liked her more yeah. <laughs> and she was the standout in the movie. But for me, he was and she wasn't. You know, it's like the exact opposite. We saw it from different views, but we come together as one. But we can't get married still. <laughs> Not here. Anyway, uh, uh, did you give your score? Yeah, 8 out of 10. Okay. Oh, my God. I ain't going to give him 8 out of 10. Motherfucker. Um, I would give this a 6.5. Another 6.5. That's all I can do. I, 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 you know, that's all I can do. I'm sorry. That's fair. It's fair, and that's a good six point five. I mean, it's it's it, and it, it had me laughing. I mean, when I was watching it, I was I, there was lots of parts in it where I was, you know, you know, it, and it, it's it is different. It's a different kind of movie. It's yeah. not, uh, you know, not a show fucking goes by now without my dog getting tangled up in my stupid headphone cable. Stop it! One of these days, you're gonna wish that dog was getting tangled <laughs> up in your. Head- he just got it tangled around his foot, and then he was. Tr- I looked back, and he because he, he was tugging on it, and I looked back. It was around one foot, and he was trying to chew it. <laughs> that could have been disastrous. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, so an eight and a six point five. That's our review of Harold and Maude. We're going to come back and do a little bit of feedback. That sound good? No. Yeah, fuck it. We'll do it anyway. We'll do it anyway. <laughs> we'll be right back. Ahoy, mateys. This is K.A.B., Antonio Bay. Stevie Wayne here, beaming a signal across the sea. I'll be here playing music all through the witching hour. I'm still waiting to hear from that weatherman. But in the meantime, stay here with me. Be sure to visit our sponsor, Paracinema Magazine. They're the source for all your genre movie needs. Check them out online at paracinema.net. Tell them Stevie sent you. Keep me turned on for a while, and I'll do my best to do the same for you. The Smooth Sound, Fabulous 1340, K-A-B. On a hot city day, when your white shirt turns to gray, that's when she'll arrive When you look How you feel Someone steps upon your heel That's when she will come Listen now I'm not saying that there will be violence But don't be surprised if they I can't believe that this is happening. We 
Costello and Bert Bacharach there. <laughs> Bacharach. Uh, we got a little bit of feedback this week. Uh, I believe uh, Justin may have sent us some stuff, but fuck if I can't get it to download right. So hopefully uh, I'll figure that out and we'll get it next week. Um, sorry about that, buddy. That was, that was <laughs> so uh, Zom's torn up, I can tell. <laughs> Uh, so we got a we got an so email. Sad. <laughs> we got a I got an email and a couple uh couple little things to play here. So uh first uh, the email from <laughs> from the oily maniac. Uh, uh Jay. He says, uh, hey guys, the new North Carolina gay marriage law, it clearly states Marriage between one man and one woman is the only domestic legal union that shall be valid or recognized in this state. Is there still room for cheese, walnuts, guacamole, and Raiko Ike in Loaf's marriage? The answer is yes. Love the, <laughs> love the show. You guys crack me up. Uh, Listen to the fear show while on vacation. I was laughing so hard at Zom's hatred of Marky Mark. My wife had to tell me to stop because it was inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> However, that Justin guy in his feedback review of that piece of shit ginger dead man forever marred what could have been, what should have been a good vacation experience. <laughs> Thanks for fill, filling my ear holes with good loving, Jay, aka Oily Maniac, or just asshole as Zom will likely call me. <laughs> so, thanks, Jay. Uh, yeah, so yeah, we already touched on the uh, gay marriage law, and uh, Raiko Ike, she will be making an appearance on the show again. Um, yeah, I wanna... Maybe it's not a bad thing. Maybe not, because, you know, if all the gays got married, then there wouldn't be kids oh, no, anymore. I was talking about Justin's feedback, not me. Oh, right. What's that gay marriage shit? <laughs> um, we'll get you on here next week. I made some crazy guacamole this weekend, because oh, okay. after... After nap time, <laughs> after nap time on Sunday, I was fucking starving. So I went to the grocery store and I fucking bought stuff for guacamole. I was making guacamole at eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh my god, I love guacamole. Um, <laughs> you know, reach a certain age, you realize that food is like you know, food and pleasure are uh, synonymous. Ascetic, yes. <laughs> Fuck right. sex. Give me some food. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. We got a, I mean, a, what? <laughs> what? I don't know. Uh, so we got a couple uh, things from Mikey. Uh, Mikey sent us some audio feedback, but I'm going to play. He sent us some new promos, This a new promo this week. <laughs> I have like five fucking action attraction promos now, uh, and I'm going to keep playing all of them. But uh, we'll see. What, this is I, Mikey Whipwreck. Yes. So uh, we'll see what Whip, Whipwreck has to uh, say. This one, this one. I don't know. We'll see if we make fun of this one. Okay. John, how's your podcast, John? Come over and find out. No, thanks. They gotta take a pass. John, look your head out. One shot. Right between your ears. I'll make it quick. Just for old time's sake. Bennett, stop screwing around and let the podcast go. It's me that you want. I only have one arm. You can beat me. <laughs> Come on, Bennett. Throw in the chicken shit podcast. You don't just want to pull the trigger. You want to put the knife in me. And look me in the eye. And see what's going on in there when you turn it. That's what you want to do, right? 
I can kill you, John. Come on, let the podcast go. Just between you and me, don't deprive yourself of action, attraction. Come on, Bennett, let's party. I can beat you. I don't need a podcast. <laughs> I don't need the podcast. I don't need the podcast, John. I can beat you. I don't need the action attraction. And I'll kill you now. Action Attraction, your home for all things action. To find out more, visit MetalMikey.Lipson.com or search for Action Attraction in iTunes. When was Joan Collins and Dolph Lundgren in a movie together? <clears throat> that took you a long time to get those crickets ready. I wasn't even getting them ready. I just wanted to. I just wanted the silence to, to set a little dead bit. air crickets. <laughs> Maybe I won't play. God that bless one. him. <laughs> we love Mikey. He's great. There is no God. <laughs> Not anymore. Fuck. Now I now I know it's true. <laughs> uh, all right. Back to the drawing board. Mikey has feedback. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. It's fair. <laughs> but you motherfuckers. Ah, go podcast. This is your favorite. Him, Fat Albert impersonator, Metal Mikey, getting in touch with your if show. Anyways, we're going to drop some thoughts on two oh, episodes of the previous the Magnificent Bastard, Chow Yun Fat, oh, and whatever. The, oh, yeah, nothing wrong with that episode, I should say. But let's get on with well, the uh, I thought <laughs> well, I thought Piccolo was actually perpetually sick. Oh, wait, no, actually, that was just referring to his physical illness. I wasn't even thinking about the mental illness part. But uh, <laughs> I just got to say something. <laughs> I think I may have mentioned it on the show. I really don't like 300, even in general, anyways. I remember, Fuck I think it was actually Zom that brought it up in his recent viewing. It's just like, ah. I remember just seeing it in a theater. It just didn't make any impact on me at all. It's just actually it kind of annoyed me in a lot of stretches. And I do actually have one movie to talk about that you talked about for review, namely A Better Tomorrow. Now, I probably do really need to revisit this because I last saw it when it first came out on VHS many years ago. But I just really couldn't resonate with it. I mean, it was sort of in the same league as The Killer and Me in that I really wasn't digging on all of the John Woo, like, melodramatics that he had during that particular film period. I probably do get the feeling that if I revisited it, I'd still probably wouldn't lose Hard Boiled as my favorite John Woo film for, like, the Hong Kong action genre that he created. But uh, Sylvan, Face- oh, Sylvan Gold Facebook group, you know, that's the place that everybody's got to go if they want their mutant dick <laughs> footage. I still have yet to see Machete Maidens Unleashed, and I really would like to actually get a viewing what? of that sometime soon. That was kind of random. So, Zom, you're not the last person who has seen it. I still have even yet to see it myself. And I think I actually saw saw the Japanese bar documentary (laughs) that Zom mentioned in the Nothing Wrong With That episode. I think I actually caught it one morning on, I think it was actually Cinemax. And it was a very early morning viewing, too. I don't get why that would actually be played so damn early in the day. I mean, it's not that particularly controversial. And Frito's and Bean combination... Loaf, uh, let me quote myself from my notes here. <laughs> that just sounds fucking horrible. And you're giving dear old Dr. Zom grief 
for coleslaw. God, I can't fucking stand coleslaw myself, but I'd rather eat that than that horrid combination. Are you kidding? And What's wrong with you people? Loaf's Dog does indeed hate the podcasting, but I also know that thanks to Justin's prize, I'm probably never going to enter a silver and gold contest ever. Unless, you know, you ran out of your... Mikey doesn't like to have a clean butthole. Sponsorship for anal douches, and in that case, I'll take whatever shitty movies that Loaf or Zom happens to buy and wants to pass on to me. And finally, the most important note that I had to bring up and that is the subject of spitting and sexual relations. <laughs> My first encounter with this came with the Friday the 13th porn parody. You see, oh. there were many sequences involving, like, spitting on the dude's member so that it could actually enhance the oral sequence. And there's actually a point where the guy in that particular sex scene was spitting on the chick's asshole to lubricate things. Yeah. I had to fight my gag reflex horribly oh, in that. It's just like, there's nothing fucking remotely <laughs> sexy women. about spitting at all. No. It's just yes, looks, it, it just looks like you're hawking a big goober on somebody's dick yeah. or asshole or vagina. It yeah. just looks horrendous okay <laughs> i don't care how you know moisten things up it just does not come off well on the film but another two episodes of seven gold in my ear holes that leaves me either thoroughly entertained or even that much more mentally damaged yes. you know you'd be the judge of that but i will talk to you later and i won't bring up any killer cookie movies because this is already going on four minutes so catch you later Zo- oh, Zom and loaf i was actually going to call you zof as if you're just one entity one being Ooh, think about that one uh in <laughs> north carolina I can't think about anything here anymore. Uh, thanks, Mikey. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> Should I add David Hess as a friend? Oh, wait, he's dead. How would I add him as a friend? Um, paranormal. It's all paranormal. Yeah, Mikey. Oh, well, uh, thank you, Metal Mickey. Yeah, the, the, the commando metal motherfucker the commando promo i might stick to the rocky one sorry buddy <laughs> yeah i tell you what the rocky one was uh though it was a meld of rocky and fat albert it was uh yeah it was good it was entertaining <laughs> um let's see metal albert you know what that's it for voice that's it for feedback i have oh, shit. three voicemails from somebody that I can't seem to get to fucking work. So I apologize. I, I'm trying to download it and I cannot. So sorry about that. He's trying. I'm trying. I just, it just, I, I click on it to download it. It just spins and then does nothing. So yeah, that's sorry. probably the virus that's running through your computer. Ah, through Skype. The ginger dead virus. Uh, so that's it for the, <laughs> yeah, we already got the ginger dead virus. <laughs> it, it tainted my brain a couple months ago. Huh? Uh, so next week on the Can't show, we are hey, going to next. do a, uh, I guess a, an average Joe at the end of his rope double feature. Um, we're going to do a, uh, I believe a Japanese, yes, Japanese film called Mosquito on the Tenth Floor, and we are also going to we're going to pair that up with a uh, movie. This is that one's from 1983, and uh, then we're going to pair it up with a movie from 1970. Um, Starring Susan Sarandon and uh, that guy, Peter Boyle. Uh, I like Peter Boyle. 
uh, called mm-hmm. Joe. So both of them are about a uh, guy kind of taking matters into his own hand. Kind of like a I, – I, I saw it compared to Falling Down. This is kind of what started it. And I think they mentioned – I think they talked about Falling Down on The Gentleman's Guide this past week a little bit too. So Yeah. Estevez. So, yep. Um, so we got uh, Mosquito on the 10th Floor and Joe. So yeah, thanks to everybody that uh, that uh, fed back us and all that stuff uh, this week. Yeah, Mikey and check out Action Attraction and uh, Oily Maniac. I don't think he has a podcast, but thanks for writing us. And um, thanks to, you know, check out Paris Cinema Magazine, mm-hmm. um, 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 Outside the Cinema, and what was the other one I played? Fuck. Oh, uh, love that album. Love it. Love going to that uh, Facebook group. I've been trying my A to Z, revisiting my uh, library, music library kind of thing going on there. So Susan Sarandon is really cute on the front of the Joe cover. Um, the, um, she's a commie. Oh, well, what can you do? So yeah, thanks to everybody. Um, you can always send us feedback at, uh, 206-339-1600 or send us an email to silver gold podcast at gmail.com. Uh, check us out on iTunes. You can leave us a review there. Um, uh, check out our website, silver and Uh, I think that's about it for me. Sam, do you have anything else, sir? I got a shit. I've already shit three times, so I'm good on that one. Hey, we're finishing early. Maybe I'll be able to fucking watch a movie today. <laughs> yeah, it's only three seventeen. <laughs> cool. Shit. So uh, that's about it for me. And uh, until next week, this Damn. is Loaf Oot Zom Kate.